Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. These people, some people pay us ten dollars to listen to the show live. This is what we give them we, for forty five minutes. Been doing this for ten years. Why? Ever bigger than ever? More people listen to us than ever. Than ever? Why? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? Can I give the rundown of what we're going to do on the show? Absolutely. Go for it. Mix it up a little bit. Take it away. Take it away. Yeah. With pleasure. Sure. So here's what we got for you today. On a loaded flagship, we have the latest on MJF and AEW Double or Nothing Fallout. We have more on AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. The latest on Kota Ibushi. Tarzan Goto has passed away. We're going to discuss the Dragon Gate, one word, King of Gate Finals. Also, New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Junior Finals. The All Japan Pro Wrestling Super Power Series happened this past week. We'll talk about that. And of course... How can we forget the Hell in a Cell premium live event in Rich's hometown of Chicago? Could never forget that. Rich, Come on. I hear Rich is desperately scouring all of his local haunts, attempting to get tickets for this uh, sold-out premium live event. Called every radio so station. Happy. Every every morning zoo show has been giving away tickets, and I just I can't get in. I don't know. I'm, I might not be able to get in. We'll see. The saga will continue. We'll it. find out Sunday if I can get to that premium live event, because I have to. I have to be at... The All-State Arena in lovely Rosemont, Illinois, to see Rhodes versus Freakin. You can't miss Rhodes versus Freakin. You know what I mean? You just can't. It's a big WWE weekend because there's an NXT in your house. Everybody knows on... that, Joe. I don't know why. Uh, we, they, they know that. Come on. Rich, just because you are not locked into NXT <laughs> 2.0 doesn't mean that the listeners aren't. Uh, and, of course, uh, Rich demanded this. So what we're going to open up the show with is Rich wanted to give all of his detailed thoughts and really dig deep on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, trial, oh, which came to a conclusion earlier this week. God. So, Rich, I don't know. The floor is yours. No, Take the floor is not. I don't know what. Okay. I know you asked for this time. I, so. I love this time. Yes, nothing more. Um, no, the, the full disclosure about I, at this time right now, still on June 2nd, have no idea what this trial is about. I don't know who Amber Heard is. I don't really care what's going on in Johnny Depp's world. I don't know anything about this, and I don't want to know anything about it. And many times people have tried to, over the last three weeks, get me involved in a conversation about this thing. And I, every time I find a way to just skirt out of it, fade into the background, walk away, go away, and thank God. I think it's over now, right? It's over. I don't care. Don't even tell me if it's over or not. I'm so glad I know nothing about this. I don't want to know anything about it. I, I, I have... No thoughts, zero thoughts about this. It is one of these stories I have tried like hell to avoid, and I'm so glad to tell you 
that I know nothing. I don't know a single fucking thing about this entire stupid trial. I don't know a thing. I don't know one fact. I don't know who won. I don't know who lost. I don't even know who one of the people involved is. It's so good. It's so... And then when whenever... What, what day was it when, like, they concluded and people were like, Oh, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I walked away. Went into my life. You know how we talked about last week? The, the, or we talked about it during the, um, the, 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 the Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live. Is that, you know, I had a friend that is not involved in wrestling news. So when he turned on, you know, turned on his television to watch Double or Nothing uh, on Sunday and watch MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Wardlow, he was just like, ah, here we go. Here's a good professional wrestling match between MJF and Wardlow. He knew nothing, and I was so jealous of him. Uh, well, now I hope I can make people jealous now, because at, at, at this point, June 2nd, I have no earthly idea what happened in that trial, and I don't want to know, and I don't care. You absolute coward. What scared you off? You asked me to carve oh, out Oh, get out of here. You're, you're out of here. You're, so, Joe, you're so, kidding. Get out of here. So you, could, so you could give your strong opinion. <laughs> right, my takes <laughs> on who I was rooting for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my and God. And now you must have been scared off by yes. something, sir. Oh, yes. I've been so scared off. Now yeah. And that's, that's the oh, thing. Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's been so weird. Cause like, I'll have people that like, I don't even know what, like people that I, I've never once. And they're like, yeah, what do you think of this Johnny Depp thing? Ah, I, you know, Johnny Depp. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, why have you, whoever, who cares about Johnny Depp? Who's ever given a shit about Johnny Depp? And I'm, I have these wow. people coming up to me. Why do I care about Johnny? I don't care about actors and actresses. And stuff. I, I think your opinion's bubbling to the surface here, sir. I don't care That's about either. I, I don't even know who the other person is. <laughs> I know nothing. Now you're making All me right, know, folks. you're making me more, know more about this than I want to. And now I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to know anything. I have gotten to folks. the end of this thing. Without knowing anything, yeah. stop! Right. You're trying to make me know right. something about let's, this. Let's. All right, look, look, folks. Let's uh, let's end the bit. It's clear that Rich's team heard, and we'll just leave it there <laughs> because you know he he just admitted that he's never given a shit about Johnny Depp. So you know we'll let him. Look, I like Edward Scissorhands. Okay, does that does that now throw a wrench in everything? Good movie. Like Edward Scissorhands. Can I admit one thing to you about this trial? I'll admit one thing. No, if if it's anything, if I have to learn something about this fucking trial, I'm going to be very upset at you. You're not going to learn anything about the trial. Okay. You think I sat there and watched the trial? Um, I don't want a fun. I, fa- I, I don't want any facts about this thing. Make sure there's no nothing. No, I'm going to no, give okay. you a fun fact. I don't. I no, I, no I don't want a fun fact. I no, don't it's want a fun. This. I, pro- <laughs> I promise you, the fact is fun. It's not. I bet it's not. Okay, go ahead. Give me your fun fact. It is. The fun fact is. I will freely admit that I had no idea who Amber Heard was until all of this started. Great. I still don't. So, And I don't want to. Don't tell me. I don't explain who she is. She is the, the, uh, the co-star of the, uh, the Aquaman. See, Are you familiar with the it. Aquaman? I've heard of Aquaman, yeah. This has nothing to do with the trial. No, but no, it does though. Here's the thing: I didn't know who she. I'm looking at the goddamn TV, and it's like, what will happen? Look, I, look. Good Morning America tomorrow, and I have to look at that. I'm trying to watch the NBA game, and here we are in Good Morning America. I have you talking about yeah. it. I have Good Morning America telling me about promoting it for tomorrow. What will happen next? I don't care. Everybody, I don't care. And now you're telling. See, you are telling me something about this because I didn't know who she was. And now you're telling me that she's the she co-star she of Aquaman. And now I know that she's the co-star of Aquaman. And I didn't know that two weeks ago. And I didn't know that three weeks ago. And I didn't know that two hours ago. And now I know that. So thank you, thank you. Great. You know what? You know what? You know what I want to know? No. <laughs> How come Aquaman, right? An admittedly boring character. 
right. One of the worst. Why didn't the DC counterpart, the Submariner, ever have a movie <laughs> or a television show? Right? Yes. Like, that's not an answer to my question. Why? Why did he not? Um, why has Submariner never gotten his due? Yeah, that's I think it's, I it's like. probably more because DC doesn't know what they're doing. Because uh, let's be honest, Submariner. <laughs> he had a he, what was his? He had a name too. I forget what it was, but uh, someone in the Nodo chat room uh, is a dork and, and knows. All the way is hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I don't think Submariner is a uh, DC guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he is. I think he's a Marvel yeah, guy. Yeah, Submariner. No, I think you got it flipped. Yeah. I think no, 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 no. You got it. He's the Marvel guy. Yeah, he's the Marvel. Aquaman's the DC guy. Yeah. yeah. What? I, oh, I had it the other way around. Yeah, the other yeah, way around. Yeah, yeah. You, you were one what? of them is a take on the other one. So, that, yeah, 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 which yeah. brings I, even I, more I, of a question because Marvel is great at churning these things out. Right. I meant so, it in the other direction. Right. Right. I, right. I blew the point. I blew the point. I was trying to. God, make. My point you is dork, you idiot. <laughs> yes, I, I I wanted to know why Marvel never did anything with Submariner since they're they make a million different movies, right? So. Uh, you'll just uh, edit I'm out that, looking that right now, and it says Namor or Nemar. I don't know how you say it. Namor the Submariner, Namor the yeah. Submariner, whatever it is, uh, will appear in the 2022 live-action Marvel Cinematic Universe (parentheses well, MCU film) uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So there you go. You're getting Submariner. He's not. He's not in his own flick. He's not in his own uh, movie yet. Yet, but uh, he will appear in the new Black Panther movie. So there you go. I'm gonna tell you something I don't like about this Submariner right off the bat. Okay, his name is Namor, right? Uh, Namor, 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 yeah, Namor. Let's go with Namor. His last name's Mackenzie. <laughs> what kind of last name <laughs> pretty, is that for a pretty, man named Namor? <laughs> pretty basic, yeah. Last name for a, a man named Namor, yeah. It's, it doesn't I don't know. match, like Namor Mackenzie. It's a little strange. That doesn't fit. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for being a knockoff character, right? I mean. Now, do we know for a fact that that because I you're not the I don't know if you're quite the uh... well the, the the submariner is the king of the sea right, like, right. well I'm I'm saying who came first though like you're just assuming here that the submariner well, came second which I don't I don't know that to be fair I gotta tell you I think maybe submariner came first I'm seeing 1939 that's what I'm guy. saying like I think you need to apologize to Namor Mackenzie well this is even I, I have to make my point even stronger then I think submariner should get the kind of attention that aquaman gets because let's face it both of them stink okay nobody cares about the water okay but this guy came first decades earlier yeah yeah let's see let's see when the aquaman day I did, I, have they retconned aquaman because like in the early days uh, aquaman would be like i can talk to the fish and they're like all right yeah. cool buddy yeah. we got it like you know i can you know i'm superman and what do you do oh i talk to fish okay buddy well when we when we need you we'll call you <laughs> like I am yeah, he, I am impenetrable to pain, and nothing can stop me. What do you do? I talk to fish. All right, cool. We're gonna need that. I don't know when, but we're gonna need it. So thank you for uh, for, for showing up, Aquaman. Just go over there, and when we need, we'll call you, dude. We'll call you. But uh, in the meantime, just go fuck around in the water or something. You know, go talk to the dolphins or something. Yeah, so. always thought of as a, like a dorky, useless character. Yeah, yeah. Um, the earliest I could find for Aquaman is 1941 so wow apologize i gotta to, tell you apologize to the submariner i apologize to submariner he's the original so they both carry a trident like uh hollywood stalker ichikawa um so they're very similar characters but it looks like dc ripped off marvel there you go that's what it looks like here 
Because that can't just be a coincidence that two years later they have a... <laughs> a trident-holding water guy? A trident-holding yeah, guy who controls the sea, right? Yeah, that, probably that not. can't be no, right. No, probably not. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, That's the dor- this Hurt is the dorkiest... The Aquaman, right? Okay, great, thanks. You want to hear more about Amber Heard? Uh, no, no, not really, no. No? Okay. So you team Heard or, or you team... Uh, uh, Depp, which team you on, Rich? <laughs> which, which team you on? Uh, <laughs> Trying to get in trouble because you know there's no right answer. Like, I, either yes, answer the, is the, wrong. the wrong answer is yeah. everybody who wasted their goddamn time on this stupid thing. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. um, no, I have no. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. I'm always in trouble. Why don't you get in some trouble? Take, uh, take a side here. I have no. I have no side to take. I don't know anything about it. I have no clue who wronged who. Who did what? I have no idea. I don't care. And I and don't um, even begin to start telling me. I don't care. I, I couldn't tell you because I, I don't Max pay attention. Max Caster got in trouble for it, so we'll let him get in trouble for it. So. Oh, he didn't really get in trouble. Okay. Um, but we probably shouldn't get into it. I, I, all right, how about this? Are you team... If you try, please don't. <laughs> Are you team... Submariner or Team Aquaman? Uh, ooh, I think. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, going into this, I probably would have been Team Aquaman. Uh, but what we've learned over the last five to ten minutes, I think I am. Uh, I think I'm Team Submariner. I think I'm with you. I think I started off Team Aquaman, and now I'm Team uh, Submariner. Yeah. Is he cooler though? Is Submariner any cooler than than? I don't think either one of them are cool. Okay. I, I don't care if you have a. A sexy actor play Aquaman. It's, it doesn't make yeah, him cool. Yeah, he's still Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um, I think I'm Team Submariner now at this point. So good for him. I think Submariner, like if you look at the comic versions, I think Submariner looks cooler. He's he's ripped. He he definitely is in tip top shape. Actually, but he, but the problem is he kind of looks like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> he does kind of look like a right? Roy, he, he looks like, like a roided up Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, Prince Neymar, the Submariner, yeah. <laughs> a big premier issue here. Yes, uh, he's got a he really like, cool trident too. He looks badass. Okay, I, I'm all in on him. He's got a he's got a more dangerous looking trident as well. It is, yeah, trident. yeah. It's got a lot more like claws on it and stuff. Yeah, it looks it looks sharp. Looks yeah, it looks it looks a lot sharper. Like it's made of bones of a very dangerous like this looks like fish. a man who's fucking up the sea. You know what I mean? Like Aquaman's yeah. like one with the yeah. sea. Submariner's just like stabbing whales with his trident and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's yeah. Like... I I feel like Aquaman. He's like riding dolphins and, and this <laughs> right, guy's right. like this guy's like killing swordfish so he can you know make weapons out of their bones is what this guy's doing. You know, um, taking you know flipping pirate ships all by himself, but. uh yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 going through his page here. I think I prefer this guy. I tell you what, I'm going to study up on the sub. Yeah, please do. Yeah, why don't you get why don't you get a book, a graphic novel for the weekend? Uh, you can go outside and read two of your favorite things. Going out, being outside and reading graphic novels. You love both of those things, so you can go out there. And, uh... Two things I can't get enough of: being <laughs> graphic novels and the sun. Graphic yes. novels. Texas yeah. summers and graphic novels. Two of Joe's favorite things. So, absolutely. Get out on your swing. You have a what? Do you have a deck swing, a chair, a, a rocker? What do you have in the in the backyard, Joe? None of the above. <laughs> do you have any furniture in your backyard? Uh, not currently. I, I well, you really want to get into this? I had. I'd uh, love to. Yes. See, now this interests me far more than some trial. I had. Uh, I did have furniture in the backyard, and I had one of them canopy gimmicks. Um, but. 
over the years it all got dilapidated because I was never out there. Okay. And then then when TLB moved in, she's like, "What, what is this shit?" <laughs> I was like, "This is my backyard furniture and canopy gimmick." That you've and never said. <laughs> she's like, she was like, it looks like the house was abandoned and it, and because the canopy we all had holes in it from the wind and the the furniture was like, you know, yeah, you, you weren't putting it away in rainstorms, right? You were definitely uh, just out there. I just I didn't ever, you know, the fuck I never dealt with it. So uh, you know, I don't want to be out there. So she, uh, you know, she had it all removed. We had a guy come out here and just get rid of it all and. Uh, you know, she, that's her next project to restart the backyard. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I hope you, got, I hope you get a, a rocking chair or something so you can out, be out there. Your glass of iced tea, drinking your graphic novels. You know, just things you cannot wait to do in in a Texas July is just you know, get out there well, and it's her, it's her project. But I'll be writing a check. <laughs> writing a lot of checks just fuck, lately. Just, just fuck a lot of checks. Just fucking. This kitchen remodel the, a couple weeks ago, that was a disaster. Yeah, you were writing some checks, baby, over there. So. But the thing is, I can't argue any of it because I got my four TVs in the den. So oh, so you've lost, like, like, the next six arguments or the next, like, six it, projects are all hers? Yeah, that's like, how can I say no? I, yeah. I have a re- I have a Buffalo Wild Wings in my den. How can I? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like, how can I turn around and be like, you know. Like, I don't know. Uh... Patio furniture yeah, out there. Seventy-five dollars for patio furniture. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I can't. You know. So it's you just gotta have to. You gotta roll with the That's fair. punches and, and spend the money. That's fair. All right. You want to talk some wrestling, or you want to? Uh, not really. Try to get but, me in trouble um, again. There's a lot of fun wrestling. You don't want to talk about any of this? I mean, you skillfully avoided taken aside. I mean, you know. I, yes, I did. I yes. Know, it's not even skillful. It, it is a a, a willing. Ability to not take a side in this thing. Yes. I have no idea. Don't the only care. thing I know is neither side, like you get canceled for either side. Okay. So I wanted you to take a side because I knew you were a loser either way. You know what I mean? But yeah. I couldn't get you to sure. commit. I mean, nah. you know, you, look at you. Try, you're still trying to get off of this because you're afraid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm never going to. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to get in trouble because it, 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 if it's not abundantly clear, I have no earthly idea what's going on and I don't want to know what's going on. Yeah. Despite all the the... I've had friends send me messages for weeks on end. Hey, did you see what happened? Yeah, she was crying. And I said, stop. I don't care. I don't care. Please stop telling so you're, me. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You're, so, you're, so your friends are into it. All of my friends. Every single one of my friends are into it. My wife is not, thankfully. The nurse has no clue what's going on. Does not care. Which is fantastic. My wife's not into it either. Fantastic. Yeah. Good women. And yeah, but my friends are into it. Like my my. Dude friends are like way into it. And I have no, and again, I have no idea why there's probably a reason. And I don't want to know why I have no idea why my friends that like sports and burping and farting are all of a sudden like enthralled (laughs) with this stupid. And I don't want to know. I'm sure there's a reason, but I never asked what the reason was. I just didn't respond until they just realized that I didn't care. And then they would stop talking to me about it. So. See, now David's what got the if right, I told you? So the David's got the right question. He says, is he more of a Carnegie or a Rockefeller? Now we're talking about stuff I want to talk about here. The, the great <laughs> Carnegie versus Rockefeller. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the, let, let's get into, like, old rivalries of the past, old trials of the past. I'll get into that. Joey, let's talk about is the OJ trial. A... Joey, I'm just kidding. Get out of here. Is he more of a Carnegie or Rockefeller? I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't know. Because I think there What's was a different, um, I don't know. 
I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand the question. I don't either. You brought it up. No, I know. I'm just, I just want to talk about something other than the thing you're talking about. So. What if I told you that one of the people in the trial? Oh my God! Stop, <laughs> please. I'm begging you to stop. Okay. All right. We tried to trap him. I don't care. You're too skillful, sir. I just don't want to know anything. Dancing around the landmines. I don't want to. You're dancing around. There's no landmines. I'm not even in the same universe as the landmines. You you tap dance around all of them. You did a good job. You asked for me to carve out the time. (laughs) That's not true. I I guess you just wanted to express how much you didn't care about it. Is what it was. Absolutely not true. I am a. Opening gelato for the nurse. Here we go. All right. Okay. W- one moment, Joe. This is the time that we have to do this. Okay. Ready? Do you want me to know? No, no, there you go. Mediterranean mint. Gelato. Mediterranean mint gelato. There you go. Don't get into the gelato thing with Joe. Better, Joe. I was told not to get into it, so I will not. <laughs> She's already gone. Yeah. That's, we've that's already done that. On the, we've already done that on the flagship too. That's a that's hundred times. Yeah, that's an old bit. We're not doing that again. It says real. Oh my god. Real ingredients, Joe. Not that fake ass shit. Uh huh. Fresh mint leaves steeped in milk cream with the perfect balance of semi-sweet chocolate chips. Great. Oh, what is it, a pint? It's a I pint. It is a pint. Yes. Good. Well, I'm glad you paid a dollar forty more for that pint than you would have for ice cream, which is the same thing. Congratulations. He's just making fun of you for spending more for it. I'm happier. Well, that's, you know, it's all about happiness. Yeah, right. If it makes you happy. That's right. Like the hit song, you know. Cheryl Crow. Yeah. She's singing it back there, yeah. Let's talk about Cheryl Crow. I'd rather talk about Cheryl Crow than Johnny Depp. No, if you're trying to tell me oh, something no, about this no, thing, no, no, get out of here. I don't want to know anything. No, Leave. She's going to do it. Just let that... Leave. No, I don't want to know anything about this. <laughs> that was, now you're talking about Michael, Sarah Palin? Michael Sarah Palin. Yeah. Okay, good. Phew. So you oh. thought she was going to talk about, she's talking about Michael yeah. Sarah's. Michael Sarah Palin <laughs> is the group. See. I thought she was gonna give. I thought so too. I was like, no. A take on the thing. <laughs> no. Because okay, now, you know. A uh, take on the thing. Curtain pulled back here. I didn't really want you to give a take. On the thing. <laughs> no, I know. I thought she was gonna come off like a grenade here. Just. I want nothing to do with takes on the thing. I just wanted you to be uncomfortable about yes. the thing. Well, congratulations. A mission accomplished, Joe, for sure. And then she almost came in and dropped the bomb and gave a take on the thing, which we would have had to edit out. Right. I don't want any takes on that thing. No. no take. I don't want any take on that thing on this podcast. So we would have had to edit that out. Like I said, the truth is, there you go. She she came through in the clutch with just telling you about a Cheryl Crow yeah. cover from a band she likes. Something with Sarah Palin, apparently. It's called Michael Sarah Palin. You get it? Uh, it's a hilarious play on words. Like you ever Sarah. see uh We got it. Thanks. <laughs> did you ever see Nailin Palin starring Lisa Ann? <laughs> I think I did actually. Did you? 
Yeah. Pretty right. good, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Not bad. It was pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, we all we're yeah. all thinking it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Didn't didn't uh, didn't Glenn Nailin Rice Nailin. really nail Palin? Uh oh, I believe that is a very uh, strongly. Uh, I don't know if it's fully confirmed, no. but yeah, I believe Glenn it's Glenn Rice it's... nailed Palin. Yes, did, the real yeah. Palin, Glenn Rice. Yeah. Yeah. So. We go all over the place here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know you don't like. I would. I know you don't like dead, uh, dead spin, or you never did like dead spin. But uh, they had a headline that said all the details of the Sarah Palin Glenn Rice coitus you've been waiting for. So yeah, and I don't have anything against. Uh, now the new dead spin. Oh, oh, the new the zombie dead spin is awful. Yeah, the, the zombie dead spin is awful because it's like trying to be. Yeah. The old dead spin, but it does a really poor job of it. Right, so it's just like a people. It's like a cosplay Deadspin. Yeah, but it's right, right, right. This is like this is from like 2011. This is like peak Deadspin. Peak Deadspin, which I only had a problem with it because they're just all the writers were so fucking pretentious. Like, <laughs> well, they, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't take their style. Is is you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure they broke down the you know Glenn Rice fucking Sarah Palin, which really did happen. It's not just a rumor. No. Now I would nail Palin and Lisa Ann. <laughs> And and Lisa Ann as Palin, right? Why not? Oh, I see here. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm trying to follow. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. You liked her portrayal. You you were into the actual Palin. You were into the actual. I would bang the normal the Lisa Ann, and you were into Lisa Ann playing. Okay, I got you. I got you. Correct. I do all three. I think um, Lisa Ann is a very talented actress because she also portrayed Stephanie McMahon. In the China, no, board. wow, I did. I so <laughs> I did not watch what the Queen of the Reign was. It wasn't that what it was called. Yeah, look that up. No, I uh, no, I, I just like the trial. I I know nothing about that, and I don't want to know anything about that. I, I'm good. Hold on, I I, I just want to make sure Lisa Ann played Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> yeah, sure, China yeah. porn. One night in China was it called or something? No, like no, no. I hate to. I uh, hate that I'm going to correct China? you with this. No, it was called Queen of the Reign. I hate that I have to correct you on this. One night in China was the China and Sean Waltman uh, flick. Oh, I would never watch that. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was called Queen of the Rain. Again, why did I know that? Why do I know that at all? Why was I able to stop you in your tracks and say, no, Because you're a porn guy. That's how you knew that. <laughs> how do I know that? Um, I, We were told in the chat, because you know there's a bunch of perverts in there, um, that I was correct. That <laughs> Hello, paying customers. <laughs> Lisa Ann did, in fact, portray Stephanie McMahon. Wow, wow. So pretty talented. Okay. The, it, yeah, I mean that's range. Her. That is you that is great range. Yeah. Although honestly, Sarah Palin princess. and Stephanie, I don't think are, are. I mean, they're not that different, are they? I mean, it's not really great range, but it's <laughs> it's. I I don't know. One's like fifty, and the other yeah, that that is like true. That is thirty true. or something. You know, at the, during the events of the, I'm sure, completely historically accurate China story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know that didn't that have didn't they have a giant orgy in the ring with like an iron sheik and a uh, sure like a, yeah <laughs> great yeah i'm sure i don't know i don't know i, I don't know i never saw the queen of the ring so I, I couldn't tell you so yeah well the problem here rich is i'll go all night you need to bring up a wrestling topic we, we are gonna have to bring up a wrestling i can do this all night. This this would be the night that we do that. <laughs> There's like yes. eight legit topics we would just go into. A, a, a 
a breakdown of Lisa Ann's career. The other the other character. So is she a, a character actress or or does she sometimes just portray? I, I don't know enough about Lisa Ann. To, to I know. think she. Well, obviously she had the lead role in Nail and Palin, but she was a supporting role when she played Stephanie McMahon. I think she look Lisa Ann can do it all. Okay, because sometimes she's just Lisa Ann. You know what I mean? Like she's not just like only characters, right? Oh yeah, sometimes she's it's just, not like an you know, SNL thing. Ann. You know, she can sometimes just be herself. You know. Yeah, just you know, Milfy Lisa Ann, just okay. you know, right, doing her thing. She's a, she's allegedly a very skilled uh, fantasy football player. No shit. She had a fantasy football show on Sirius XM for many years. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that kind of rules. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'd rather take advice from her than like Matt Barry or any of those dorks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know. Matt Barry's from College Station, Texas. Is he? Which, All right. Uh, born and raised. I think his mother was the mayor, if I'm not mistaken. No shit. All right. Well, good for him. That part might He's be still wrong, a dork. But he, <laughs> he definitely grew up here. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he went to A&M, oddly enough. You, Rich, you need to bring up wrestling. I can, okay. I can do right. this. Let's, yeah, let's please, uh, let, let's please bring up wrestling. So... Dear God, uh, as you mentioned, plenty to get to this week, a ton to get to, that we will now inevitably be rushing for the rest of the show because we just waited 30 minutes yes. on whatever the fuck Because we have a million was. topics. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, and people always say, like, when there's, when there's a show where we have, like, nothing to talk about, we, like, nail it, it's good, we, like, get on everything, and then the shows where we have a ton of topics... This show's never good. No, it's never that good. Yeah, what am I talking about? I'm an idiot. Uh, But anyway, we have plenty to get to uh, this week. Uh, Forbidden Doors, you mentioned Kotobushi, Tarzan, Goto, Dragon Gate, New Japan, All Japan, WWE. How many other people are going to cover all those things and more? Only us are going to be able to do that. But let us start. With AEW. You don't even have the card for the, you don't even have the card for the New Japan what uh, uh, gimmick on here. Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, you do. Never mind. <laughs> I see it. My job. Yeah. Terrible. I, I thought we were again. This show stinks. Yeah. I thought we were covering one of the uh, best months of business we've ever had. By the way. Um. Oh yeah. Thank you to everyone. Yeah. Crushed it. Um. Social media is fake. But <laughs> this is uh, what we rewarded them with. So. Absolutely. Uh, I thought, I thought you said I'm a right spot. I thought you said, I thought on the sheet you had the final block show of the Super Juniors, not the. Never mind. Just get to the first time. We're, we're, I'm fine. No, yeah, I'm just babbling. You see what I'm saying? Are you okay? You had, Are you all right? Are you on like listen, meds or no, what's no. going on here? I thought you had the block final of the Super Juniors on the run sheet. That that happened already. Mm-hmm. Not the best of the super juniors finals that is going to happen like later on tonight or tomorrow or whatever. Right. So I didn't think you had that on the sheet, but you have it on the sheet. No, I do. I do. It's, it's a boring card. Yes. So yeah, it, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to follow, but uh, there you wow. go. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Let's talk about Maxwell Jacob Friedman. How about that? A story that also we, we, we kept a stance. If you wondered why we hadn't talked about it for the last three weeks, we had a stance similar to the trial where we were like, I don't really want to talk about this thing. Do you really want to talk about this thing? And we would we would come on, you know, our pre-show meetings or talk in our chat rooms and just be like, I have no take on this. I don't want to talk about this. This is stupid. This is a dumb story. I don't really care until we find something about this. Uh, well, I think we're, we're pretty much know the score at this point. We, we touched on it a little bit uh, during the Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live over at FlagshipPatreon.com. 
Uh, and now after Wednesday, I think we can pretty safely, uh, squarely put uh, what this story is or what it, this story has become. But, you know, after weeks of news and notes and booked flights and walkouts and all this other stuff and that would appear to be a, a potential blow off uh, at Double or Nothing uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite, which you covered on the Thursday tier reviews also over at FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, MJF came to the ring. He cut an impassioned promo asked Tony Khan to fire him, said the F word, got cut off, and uh, now they have removed him from the website. His merch is no longer available, and uh, I think the video, like, you can't find on the webs on, like, YouTube or something like that. But uh, regardless, what, uh, Joe, do you make of, of the current state of this MJF story? What's going on? What's next? Uh, and finally, maybe we can give some thoughts about this story that we have pretty much ignored for the last three weeks because I kind of thought it was going to play out exactly like this. And I think it's played out exactly how you and I probably assumed it was going to. Yeah, I mean, my stance remains the same from the Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live. I think that, not even I think, I know for a fact that he has, the MJF has a legitimate gripe about his salary. And I know for a fact that that's been a point of contention between him and Tony Khan. But I think at some point, anything beyond that is is blurry in terms of whether it's a work or a shoot. Um, that doesn't mean that uh, nothing that's happened hasn't been a shoot. It doesn't mean that everything that's happened has been a work. But everything beyond he's legitimately not happy about his contract uh, has blurred lines that I don't think anyone, including us, can definitively pin down and put a finger on. Uh, I think the only two people who know that are MJF and Tony Khan. Um, but, you know, so my stance really hasn't changed much from when we last talked on Sunday night. And obviously the events of 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 Dynamite this week have cemented that there's at least some kind of work in, at play here. Right. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Um, yeah, and I think you and I both kind of sniffed this out pretty quickly. Uh, unfortunately, it was yeah. really hard to figure out what the hell was going on exactly. But I, I think you did a pretty good job. You did it in, in a news report. Um, was that a week ago or two weeks ago? I think when, when, when you you know got some details about it. But you know, from everything that we heard or everything that we kind of knew, it it felt like all right, this is probably where it's going. That that and and I think we said as such. Like it was, it felt like this was. A legitimate gripe, but with the volume turned up to fifteen. The, the okay, and 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 you said it point blank. If this was truly like real in all of its sense, there's no way this man is allowed to go on television and say these things. He's not allowed to to, to insinuate it. He's not allowed to do it. I mean, then he that, that's that's just not how you would do it. You just would not. Not, not do even. That. And and Rich isn't talking about the rant on Wednesday. Just all of the little yeah everything. The comments he's been making for months about how he's leaving in 2024 he's not happy about his money if tony khan didn't want that stuff on his air it wouldn't be period and, if, I, and know, I think he, tony even said it as, as as much as he could you know on the uh the media call um he on did the, the thursday before i forget his exact words i'm, I'm just kind of you know paraphrasing here but essentially just like uh hey i like when like the lines of reality <laughs> you know are, are blurred well, someone, or whatever well, okay. i mean he said it in the most obvious like yeah guys well, someone asked like, him directly someone said why do you let why is MJF permitted to uh, complain about his contract and trash you on TV every week? And yeah, like you said, 
Khan's paraphrased answer was, I think it's good. I think it's good for TV. I think right. it's good. And for he the said it's good for the wrestling business. Oh, it's great for the wrestling business yeah. that there's there's another option here uh, and guys can, you know, maximize their dollars and, and maximize their ability to work and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, this guy is this guy's not gonna say that. And, and at the same time, like, you know, a lot you know, if he really truly was upset about this, then yeah, it would be a I have no comment and da 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 and 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 you know, there there'd be a lot of other ways that this would go. So I, that I was already kind of leaning in that direction, and then those comments cemented it. Uh, I thought double or nothing kind of made me think, ah, you know what? Maybe that's a little bit of a hey, let let's you know do something that might take you away for a little bit, and then we can kind of figure out what's next or whatever. But Wednesday now, it's like okay, now we're clearly in work territory, and now we're doing the removing from the website stuff and take away the merch stuff and all this stuff. So now it's like all right, we all know the they're score. They're just they're putting it over. Yeah, yeah they're putting yeah, it we, over. We know exactly like, what people- this is now. I saw some people earlier today making a big deal about how AEW doesn't have a YouTube clip of the rant. And they're saying, this is so stupid. It could do 10 million views by now. Why don't you have it up? This is another example of how they don't know how to do. But dude, they're putting over a storyline. Why would they put a YouTube clip up of that when the story here is the guy called the owner a fucking Mark and asked to be fired? Yeah. They have to put the story over. So you're not going to put a YouTube clip up. You're, you're going to take them off the roster page. This roster page stuff, people just make such a big <laughs> deal out of this. <laughs> and, you know, it's the easiest way to work everybody is to fuck around with those roster pages. And that goes for all companies. You know, it is a good clue sometimes. You know, someone gets in legal trouble or you're not sure if someone's contract is up and they disappear from a roster page. That's one thing. But, it, you know, they but these companies also know that and they could use it to their advantage in a situation like this. I think another big tell that nobody's really talking about is uh, Tony Khan, at least to the best of my knowledge, and it certainly holds true for us, and I've heard other reporters say it, is completely no-selling the media when they ask him questions about MJF. And I think the reason for that is because this thing is at least partially a work, the amount of which is in the eye of the beholder, he doesn't want to work the media. Right. And if and if you notice throughout the history of AEW, Tony Khan never really attempts to work the media. He's very careful the way he'll say things if he doesn't want to give something away or, or whatnot. But he never flat out works the media because I think he understands that once he does that, it's over. They'll never trust him again. And he can't have a healthy relationship with the media if he if, if he ever works us. So we got no sold. I think Sean Ross Sapp said a million times that that AEW, meaning Tony Khan, never gets back to him on this one. I think Meltzer said similar. So um, and and then at the presser, the first question when it was finally just Tony one on one with the media was about MJF. It was from Nick Houseman, and and Khan said, "I'm not answering any MJF questions tonight." Now they should have kept asking MJF questions. Uh, but that's another topic for another day. I don't know why they let him off the hook. You should keep pestering him. That's your job. Why? You know, it, it's it's your job to make him squirm. Right, right. Have these, <laughs> yeah, make him uncomfortable. If, yeah, that's, that's yeah. If you're gonna have the if they're gonna have these press scrums, your job as a media member is to make him a little uncomfortable and to make him squirm. And they never do. Like that should not have been the end of it just because he said so. 
the next person should have followed up with another MJF yeah, question. Why are you, you not commenting? You know, what, what yeah. for what reason, why will you not comment on it? What, you know, what, what has gone on that has right. forced you to say that you're not going to comment on it? It's probably how I would follow up with that. And yeah, maybe yeah, I lose I mean, my access to the next scrum, but at least I did my job. So would anybody in any other sport have gotten away with? Oh God, no. Oh Jesus gonna... no. Christ. No. Yeah. If that an NFL make... coach came up and said, I don't want to talk about that fourth down play. <laughs> the next question would be like, yeah. All right. So about that fourth down play, like when you fucked the game up and lost everything, you know, like now he might now he might still never answer. Yeah, but you, you got every every reporter needs to then ask until he they're going to try to break him. Right. Yeah. Until he snaps and then yells and screams, and then now you have sound bites for weeks on end. But my point here is, I think that's a big tell. No one's talking about because he has not attempted to work the media. He doesn't say anything. Right, he hasn't he, like out and out lied or worked the media yet, and that that's a very careful and a very smart thing for him to do as well because it, it that that trust and we've said that with the two with the audience like the AEW has always done a pretty good job of of building that audience trust too. They very rarely you know will promise something and then not out and out deliver it, or they very rarely will say something and it not deliver. You know what I mean? And so they there's been yeah. trust with you know the management of AEW and the media, and there's been trust with AEW and their fans. And this is a, obviously a very weird and strange story, and this is one that might violate some of that trust in terms of fans, but so far you're absolutely right that they have not yet violated the trust of the media so much uh, as, you know, if, if you follow along in these stories, you can pretty much tell the pipeline of information and, and who's doing what. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... We talked about that on the instant reaction. I have a pretty safe bet that exactly 0% of this information has come from Tony Khan and that a, a very high percentage, Joe, uh, has come from one MJF. Uh, th- that's just my thought, or or people involved in, with MJF. But my guess would be a very large percentage of which coming from Maxwell Jacob Friedman himself, you know, yeah, report, you know, telling these guys, hey, I got a flight. Hey, I'm not happy. Hey, I'm doing this. That That is just my assumption. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but but... So far, that's my read on it, that a lot of the info is probably coming from MJF. And in that case, like, yes, MJF's lying to you, but he's a professional liar, of course. <laughs> that's what MJF is going to do. He's the last real worker. Uh, but I would venture to guess that Tony hasn't told a wrestling reporter, uh, hey, uh, MJF walked out, he's not coming back, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's come from them. Yeah, well, I mean, the company never once wavered as to whether the match was going to happen. Or right. Not. And I think you know, that's important too. And just a lot of the things that happened over the weekend and have happened since there's starting to be cracks in this thing because a lot of them don't add up. I mean, the idea that MJF just waltzed into that building 10 minutes before the match or whatever the fuck. No, that that's implausible. That's totally <laughs> implausible because they would have canceled. They would have let people know that the match wasn't happening. So they knew he was going to be there to wrestle the match. And, you know, so there's little things like that, that just, you know, there's some cracks being shown. And again, I'm not saying that this is all an orchestrated work. I'm not saying MJF isn't pissed off about his money because he is. I That is a fact. I'm not even saying that's something I think is true. I know that's true, that he's upset about his money. Uh, but, I, you know, from there, your sliding scale is going to – everyone's is going to fall somewhere different right. in regards to how much of a work and how much of a shoot the rest of it is. Um, so uh, I guess that's where we are with that. But one interesting question, too, that I brought up on the TV reviews today that I want to throw to you was, you know, 
we talked about Tony Khan not wanting to work the media, but is he running on a dangerous ledge here in terms of working his locker room? Because yes. once you work your locker room, you're fucked. You're History shows that. And we're dealing with pro wrestlers who by nature are paranoid, who by nature think everything is a work, who by nature are always nervous about their job, their spot, their their money. Uh, and, you know, if, if Khan isn't giving full disclosure to all of these people and they don't know what's and look there was a wade keller audio that dropped right before we went live where i haven't listened to it but i read some summaries of it to where uh keller says there's a lot of people in the back who were very annoyed at mjf's promo because he basically took shots at the whole locker room he right. said he's the only person who makes the fans believe and he's the biggest ratings movie well second biggest minute by minute why didn't he just say biggest why did he say second biggest minute by minute <laughs> yeah that's your that's your classic uh especially that's since like, he's like kind of a heel it's like you know yeah it's fine yeah. just say i'm the biggest ratings mover and then just even if it's not biggest. true you're a fucking so, heel it's okay it's not a big of a deal yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, like you or was say. that uh, or was that an intentionally or, or was that intentional to to kind of make the work you see what i'm saying like yeah, well, yeah he I wanted to be truthful one, to it and, and right, say right, right, okay right. look it up i'm the second biggest you know yeah yeah i, I get yeah. yeah but but the point here is according to wade keller there's some discontent in the locker room over some of this stuff and if you're tony khan the last thing believe me the last thing you want is your locker room thinking that you're in on any kind of work against you know that if that you're working them Right, right. It's right. one thing if MJF wants to make enemies out of out of the people he works with and and they think he's working them, that's you know, half those wrestlers back there don't like each other anyway, you know, no matter what people tell you. Okay. But it's but if they think their boss is in on the con, that no pun intended. That's a problem. What do you think about that? No, I I, I totally agree, and that, that's one of the issues I had with the the promo. Which I mean, I, I, you talked about on the Thursday interviews. I have not listened yet, but I was to a, a, a brief part of it. But um, I love the delivery of the promo. I love a lot of stuff about the promo, but I also don't love the promo. Does that make sense? Like, yes, there's a lot to love about that promo. It's awesome. It's passionate. It got the crowd going nuts. It was from the heart. It was all that sort of stuff. And there was a lot of stuff to love it. It was one of the best promos I have ever heard in, in, in wrestling. But there's a lot I didn't like about it. And a lot that I didn't like is more projecting where this goes and where this can go and some of the issues that might arise from something like this. And, and, and one of the top things that I thought about and I have in my notes are exactly like you said, is that there are if there are not people in the locker room that knew that they were going to be called out, that, that knew that MJF was going to go out there and say... I'm better. I'm better than this. I'm I'm the one that's drawn all the business. I'm the reason you're all here. You're all ex-WWE assholes. All this, you know, yada, 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 all that sort of stuff. Like, if there's people that were taken aback by that promo, then that's a dangerous thing to do. Because now, like you said, wrestlers by their very nature, even when it's like all kumbaya and everything's great, even then they're all like worried about their spot, worried about their money, worried about their titles, worried about when they're winning. Like, And, and that's just the nature of being a pro wrestling. And I like that. Like, I want my wrestlers to be that way. I would much rather have a, a, a roster full of guys that give a shit than a roster like WWE where everybody's just on the hamster wheel and they just don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I want the roster where everybody cares. But when you have a roster where everybody cares and a guy goes out there and calls out a lot of members of the roster and calls into question their ability to wrestle and calls into question their ability to draw and calls into question the money that they're making. That does sting to a lot of people if they're not aware of that coming before. If Tony says, hey, we're going to do this promo, we're going to make some mentions to XWB or whatever, just so you're aware, 
most guys are probably okay with it, but the big the thing that we always hear in, in, in wrestling is when when promos are taken by surprise when, when when wrestlers are taken by surprise by a promo that maybe cuts a little too deep or goes a little too far, that's almost always when issues arise. I mean, you can go back to Brett and Sean and the sunny days thing. You can go to, uh, you, you know, you know, I, shit, the Vince Russo, you know, Hulk Hogan attempted a work shoot, but then Russo goes too far and calls him a big bald piece of shit or whatever. And then Hogan's like, well, fuck this and sues the company and, you know, sues Vince Russo and, and stuff. I mean, they, they, a lot of, I mean, those are just two examples and there's many other examples in history where, you know, sometimes these promos are good intent you know, good intentions with those promos, but they do cut a little too deep. And when they cut a little too deep and you lose that trust of your, 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 your roster and you lose that trust of your locker room, things can really go wrong and really go South fast because then nobody knows who to trust. Nobody knows who the next person that is that that's going to stab them in the back. They have no idea if the, the guy running the company is going to stab them in the back, who he's working for, who he's friends with, who he's playing with all that sort of stuff. I mean, it just causes a lot of discontent in a locker room and that's never good. You don't want that sort of, you want guys that care. You want everybody to care about their spot and want to win and do all that sort of stuff. You don't want guys that are always looking over their shoulder and always worrying about who's going to stab them in the back. That is not good. That's not a healthy locker room. And it did feel like that promo could have veered in that direction. If like what Wade is saying that people weren't aware that it was going to get, you know, kind of in that little direction, you know, and at that point, it really doesn't matter whether it's a hundred percent work or a hundred percent shoot. If they feel if their locker room feels like they're being worked and they feel like the boss is in on it, that's all that matters. Right. That that's really all. The, no matter where the reality lies, once the locker room feels like their boss is in on working them, whether he is or not, that's really all that matters. So, but none of us are privy to what he's communicating to these people. But I'm going to listen to what Wade had to say when we're done here, but it sure sounds like a lot of people are in the, that the locker room is just as much in the dark as everybody else is. But in terms of just the promo itself, I mean, I loved it because I thought it was compelling. And that's the difference between this one and a lot of when, when the work shoots were out of control during like the Vince Russo dying days of WCW era where they were doing, you know, basically doing one every week, you know, they weren't compelling because they, they, they were more, they'd make you roll your eyes. Cause it's like, ah, gee, you know, now we need Shane Douglas doing this really. Um, you know, it, it, this one was compelling and MJF is probably, I won't say he's the only person in modern wrestling who could pull it off, but I think he's the person in modern wrestling who could pull something like this off the most effectively. Um, there's no one who could do it as well as him. So for that reason, the person who's doing it, um, the, the the fact that there, I think everyone kind of accepts that there is some truth to the core content of it. And, you know, like any other promo that's ever been done since the history of the time and the history of wrestling, all your best promos come rooted from real emotion. Right. Whether it's the Mick Foley, you know, the ECW Kane Dewey promo, which he was very annoyed by that crowd sign. And it really came, you know, even though he's technically working, it's coming from a real place. Right. Pretty much. I mean, and, God, you can go to all of cat, not, not to make this into an ECW thing, but like all of Cactus Jacks, like even when he first came into ECW, yeah. he's got that, you know, Oh, Ric Flair said I'd be in a wheelchair when I'm 30. Well, I'm still standing motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is really cool. I mean, cause he would have like kind of, you know, as he was still kind of finding himself a little bit, there would be those little hints where you're like, Ooh, okay. That, you know, that was some real passion there for Mick. So yeah, he, he definitely found that in ECW. If you want a, a guy, bringing real emotions into promos and it being gold. 
Cat, you can't beat Katzajak in ECW. That might be the best. He's one of the best ever at 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 getting that drawing from that real place to 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 then cut a super effective and emotional promo. And then that's what this was with MJF. That's why this was so good because he was believing a lot of what he was saying. If not most, if not all of what he was saying was coming from a real place. This was his raw emotions. And I'm sure again, it was dialed up to 11 in a lot of ways, but it's much. And that's why it was so convincing. You know, it's, if you believe it, the people will believe it, you know, and, and, and that's why you want to try to draw from a real place when you cut your promos, um, which not to divert, but you know, that's why the, the modern WWE promo style is so is so bad because no one buy because everyone talks in the same cadence and, you know, and, and they're taught to talk to speak that way. So it, it could be chopped up into B-rolls and no one buys it. And that's why they can't make stars. And that's why they can't build an effective match uh, that draws money. And because, you know, the promos are all fucking bullshit. We all see through them. MJF was out there coming from a real place. And that's why it was so, it came across so, and, and he was able to inject. I mean, I know he said this is, he did the old, this is Max Friedman talking, but yeah. that was a lot of MJF out there too. And and, it was. Yeah. I hate that. I hated that line. I knew you were going to hate that one. I hated that one because that is a Vince Russo 101 thing. That is like. But the thing is, MJF stands for Maxwell. No, I know, I know. But like, like, just that cadence. Like, that's. And I know he's a student of the game. And unfortunately, he probably learned that from like, hey, how do I do like an effective workshop promo? And that you always used to get like, all right, this is it, you know. Uh, I'm trying to remember one famous. I mean, they would do like. uh, They would do that every single week, you know, and like. Or, I think it was like Shane Douglas once. It's like, I ain't Shane. I'm Troy tonight. And it's like, fuck off. Like, oh. I'm Troy Martin. I'm <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I got the format sheet. This is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. the word, dirt Shane, worst shit. Oh, my God. And if you're Shane Douglas, you're chasing throwing down the NWA title for the rest of your career. <laughs> right, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Like, you're chasing that. for the, So so when you're told to do that, you're all over it. Yeah, you know, because like, he, yeah, he's trying yeah. to. You know, he 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 thought he was leaving with the radicals, and Vince was like, "Nah, we're good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, Dean Douglas, no, we're good. <laughs> so so he's stuck there. Hey Vince, when do you need me? Uh, Dean, uh, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so no, I thought just the promo itself. Um, I thought it was incredible TV. I thought it was. It's going to go down as one of the most memorable things on on wrestling television ever. I mean, it's going to be right up there with um, some of the stuff we've already named, and and you know, and and it's just uh, no one's going to forget it. And it, I thought it was compelling. There's even if someone didn't like it, and because they they they're opposed to work shoot stuff or and or for whatever reason, I think everyone would have to admit that they were glued to the television, glued to the television. And now it's not something you can do every week. I don't think you're going to see them for a while. I think if people think you're getting a follow-up next week, I think you're going to be disappointed. I think now they sell him being gone. And I don't think you're going to, they're even going to mention his name, let alone put him on screen for a while now. But I want to pose this to you too. You know, they had punk come out during the commercial and kind of run him off. He, MJF hopped over the railing and took off, which, I mean, if that doesn't tell you that this is all a work, I don't know what does. 
But they but, did uh, during the commercial. It wasn't on the air. Oh. Right, and then never mentioned it. It's like, oh. but but the, the bigger thing here is Punk was the one to run him off. And MJF had said during their feud he's going to give Punk the biggest loss of his career. I think MJF's beaten Punk for that title. I think that's the next step here. That doesn't mean it's going to happen in a month, but I think the end game here. Plus, Punk already beat MJF once. And you know that both Tony Khan and Punk, uh, you know, understand that Punk's long-term role here is to get people over. Right. So this all tells me with that line from MJF, and the fact that MJF lost to Punk once already, and the fact that Punk was the one to run him off, and the fact that Punk is the champion right now, I think the eventual end game for this is MJF be- being the one to beat Punk for that title. What do you think of that? You know, I think that's, yeah, I, I, at All Out or something like that, it seems like a good opportunity to do that. I, I think, I mean, All Out might be a weird one to do that if that's the goal. It, it's... The problem is I don't know what the next step is on this, and I think that's maybe something that's taking a lot of people for a loop, and and they're not quite sure. Okay, what's the end game of this? What is the next step? Who, who you know, does Tony Khan have to become an on-screen character? Does you know he have to do that? Or how okay, does that... no. Yes. The answer to that is no. I, I I agree. Like I think right now people are thinking, okay, well next week Tony's got to do something. But like you said, if 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 MJF just goes away for a little bit that won't seem like, oh my God, he has to be an on-screen character. Because I agree, like, if MJF comes out next week, and the next week after that, and the next week after that, like, I do feel like eventually, and I hope that AEW doesn't have this plan, that eventually then, you need to have Tony Khan come out and say, all right, that's enough's enough, you know what I mean? Like, that's right, and I hate that. If that happens, I'm going to bury that to fucking shreds. If if they do that, they lose me, because that, now we're in WCW territory. Right. I, you know, I, it's just... You you you, you want to name him? You want to? Yeah, th- that's one thing. But as soon as he comes out and he starts doing work shit like on screen, forget it. You, yeah, you I, I, I I'm with you. So I think there's probably a way that if he goes away for a bit, that maybe you then have uh, somebody call him out. Let's see, I'm Punk can call him out or something like that and say, hey, you know, I've defended my title, you know, on on, on three straight months or whatever, two straight months or whatever. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, there's some people that say, you know, that I don't, I don't, I haven't earned my keep here. That I haven't done, you know, what I mean, like you can do that sort of stuff. And that can kind of get him back or in, in some way, shape, or form. Again, since it's all contract stuff, and that's what my worry is, that it was so much of that promo was about money and contract and fire me and Tony and all this sort of stuff and push and this, that, like, I hope, I hope to God they don't think that they have to have Tony be an on-screen character. Because then, yeah, you're absolutely, then we're just we're just authority figure bullshit again, and I'm, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I have enough authority figure bullshit wrestling to watch. I don't need another authority figure bullshit wrestling thing. Yeah. So, you know, that, that would really, but... No, I I think you're right that the long term play is probably Punk to M, you know Punk and MJF, but you know I guess my worry is that after this promo there was a you know parts of it the first sixty percent of the promo the crowd was booing MJF, this guy's an asshole you know what's he complaining about yada yada yada, but then when he started going on and on and on about stuff they started cheering him. These ex-WWE guys, you know, they are taking all of our money, and I'm the one that's out here, and I'm busting my ass, and that sort of stuff. And that was a very natural babyface reaction for people to go, yeah, you know what? MJF has been here from day one. Yeah, you know what? All these other guys are coming in all out of WWE and all that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, they like those guys, but he was saying true things that the crowd was like, yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. He, nothing he's saying is wrong or whatever. So that is, I guess, my question is, you know, let's, let's hypothetically, let's go on the assumption that it is MJF versus CM Punk, and that's what we're building to, is... What are the roles then there are, you know, especially if you're doing it all at all out, 
I mean, are you going to try to get a Chicago crowd to boo a CM Punk at All Out? Like, that's not going to happen. Well, I think you can go one of two ways here. Number one, I don't make that big of a deal of the fans cheering some of his lines and cheering him by the end of this. Because this was really something unique and special and compelling. And the fans knew it. And I think they were just excited to be seeing this completely wild thing in front of their eyes. And fans are also going to pop for the F word. They're going to pop for fucking insider references. So I, I don't buy the idea that this made him a baby face. Okay. That that's number one. I don't buy, I know some people are into that. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy the idea that this made him a baby face and I don't buy the idea that it is, that, it, that it has made the company a heel. I don't buy it. I just think that fans, the same reason that a lot of times fans will pop for a title change, even if it's a heel winning, because fans like seeing things that matter and, and seem important. And they're excited when they are live for something that they perceive as exciting. So that's kind of how I see this. Number two is now, if you want to, you can eventually use this to turn MJF babyface. because I think punk, you can't have punk be a heel yet, but I think eventually punk is going to be a heel. And if you, if, if we're starting to understand the booking rhythms of this company, because they've been around for almost three years, right? So, we know that they like to plant seeds and drop hints. Eddie Kingston has alluded to Punk not being a good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, Hangman Page has I alluded. mean, MJF did it even in, in, the, in their first feud. You know, kind of, you know, that whole, uh, speaking of impassioned, you know, passionate promos or whatever, you know, personal promos. Like, MJF kind of alluded to it in his promo. Like, you know, you, you left. You're, you know, you're an asshole. You, you left me when I needed you the most, you know, as a young wrestling fan or whatever. So, no, I, yeah, Page has done the same. You're right. It, it, uh, plenty of guys have said it. So they've planted all of these seeds that punk isn't what meets the eye when it, when it comes to, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, eventually the impetus for the punk turn, that's eventually going to come. You can't turn him yet. Cause he's drawing too much money. Okay. But the, when the turn finally comes, the impetus can be, this guy's a disingenuous oh, and, and, and possibly even delusional person who's an asshole to everyone he encounters. Right. And that could then be the impetus for MJF to be the babyface in that scenario because he can do the whole you love me or hate me, at least I'm honest and all this other bullshit. So that that can kind of be the but I don't think that's what they're doing right this second. I that I don't think No, I no, think, no, no. I think they're gonna let CM Punk be babyface champion for a couple of weeks. You, you, you know, a to. couple of months. Or, you know what I mean? Run. Like, yeah. It's not we're not in the we're we're not beginning that story just yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, forget the dumb Eric Bischoff Carney bullshit. Just look at the facts. I mean, you know, the sellout for the Rampage. They just did a, a the first million-dollar million gate in, in American wrestling history, non-WWE, for what? CM Punk's challenge for the for the world title. Okay? Uh, LA just drew the monster crowd. Forbidden Door sold out in seconds. Okay? The guy, every single quarter hour pops, including this week. Punk did a monster quarter hour. Uh, he drew a 1.4 million fans at 10 o'clock at night when he can't. He's making too much money now. His t-shirts can't. Yeah, they can't print them fast enough. You can't turn him yet. But like anything else, he's eventually going to cool off to some degree. And what you want to do is you want to catch him right when he. You don't want to wait for him to cool off entirely. You want to catch it right when he starts to cool off, yeah. and that's when you want a time to turn. That's when you want a time to turn because that freshens them back up. And now when they go back around the loop, even in Chicago, 
He might get cheered there forever, but when you go back around the loop, now it's something different. It's the same guy, but he's he's something different. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I don't buy into this idea that he healed the company and turned babyface in one night. Fans, will, especially AEW fans, because they, they tend to be more insider fans and more of a hardcore fan. They just like the pop for shit that they think is cool. And they thought that they were seeing something different, cool, and unique that now they're going to be able to tell people, I was there the night MJF called Tony Khan a fucking mark. I mean, to me, that's why they were popping. Maybe my read is wrong. What what was your read? Uh, no, my read was that, well, my read is that also that there was so much truth into that that maybe some fans did start realizing, ah, you know what, wait a minute. This guy is kind of right, and maybe he is justified in being upset about what he's upset about. And, you know, the stuff he was saying, there wasn't really any he- – I mean, what was heelish about what he said? He said, I've been here since day one. I've been working my ass off. I'm in most of the, the – I'm the, one of the best draws in this company. These XWB guys are coming in and making money, way more money than I'm making. You know, all he said – it's not a heel promo if the guy's – spouting off five straight minutes of stuff that's true. And then that's what got the... I think that's when the fans started going, yeah, you know what? This guy's right. Like, this guy isn't just being a whiny asshole. Like, he's... Everything that he's saying is true. And they're kind of nodding along and saying, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he is right. Yeah, you know? Yeah, so none of that... Because there's, there's MJF promos, and there's great heel MJF promos where he'll say some stuff that's rude in truth, but he's so ridiculous and he's such an asshole about it that, you know, it's like, oh, fuck this guy. What, what the hell? Nothing that he said in the last half of that promo was really untrue or said with anything, you, you know, it wasn't exaggerated. It was just true. It was just the truth. He was just saying the truth. So I could get how a bunch of fans would think, yeah, you know what? That guy's right. Why is, you know, he has busted his ass and, you know, yeah, they're paying Mark Henry and they're paying Big Show and they're paying Christian and they're paying all these guys. Like, no, fuck those guys. Like, the, you know, the, I, I could absolutely see a fan thinking that those guys do not deserve the money that they're making and MJF deserves more money. And all that sort of yeah, so no, I, I don't like I think all it's gonna take is MJF returning and being an absolute shitbag in the, in his return or whatever, or coming out and beating somebody up and blooding him, because it's still MJF. He's one of the greatest heels ever, you know what I mean, in terms of and, what he and, can do. And, and those fans love booing him. Yeah, so like it's not gonna take much for him to do that, but if you don't think that when the next guy that the next time that guy appears on television that he's not gonna get a huge pop. I don't know, man. I, 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 I of course he's, he is. He's a big star, and he'll be returning the TV. I mean, right? But, but that, I, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there's, I think there was ways to do that promo that if the long term play is for him to be even more of a hated heel, that you do differently. But if your long term play is we want this guy to come back, and and we don't know what he's going to be, and maybe we do turn him full on babyface, and maybe the crowd, that that is my one word. I think there was enough of that promo that made me think, hey, you're veering a little too much in MJF being like. You know, the anti-hero star and the company being sort of idiots or dumb or, oh, Tony doesn't know what he's doing. That sort of, there was a little too much of that for my liking. There was just a little too much. Yeah. I, you know, there's a certain <coughs> subsect of AEW fans, too, who do not like a lot of the current directions in the company because they feel like the booking has gotten away from we're this new thing with this new crop of stars and we do things different. And they're pushing too many of the imports, the WWE yeah. imports. Oh, for sure. There's a there's a sect of AEW fans who feel that way. Um, I mean, you're going to know my stance on this. I think you just do whatever's going to draw the most money. I mean, that's that's my stance. With, with 
with always having an eye on the future, of course. You don't sacrifice the future for the present necessarily. You don't do things that are penny smart, dollar dumb. But I, you know, to me, you know, at the bot, the bot, at the end of the day, you, you have to do what's going to draw the most money. And if that means CM Punk, I, I love this idea though that CM Punk is lumped in with XW. He couldn't be more of a non. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This I, whole shit is that he's you. not yeah. a WWE. Like, right. so I don't even agree with that necessarily with him. But that's how some of these people feel. I feel he is as much of an AEW guy as anyone who was there on day one because of his complete distaste and hatred for WWF. But, you know, that's how some people see it. So the point I'm getting to is that kind of corner of the AEW fandom uh, probably saw MJF as a babyface in that scenario. That I agree with. It's funny now that we're three years in and the, it's, you know, and, and we're kind of seeing, all right, the honeymoon is over. There's more problems in the locker room than maybe we're being let on for a while. But now we're even seeing kind of fans split off. AEW fans split off into their own corners. There's different types of AEW fans now when that hasn't really been the case for most of their existence. And uh, and I think that's interesting, too. Um, the Hangman title loss, you know, really annoyed a lot of people. It did. Um, not to the point where I think they're giving up on the company or, you know, they're not watching on Wednesdays or whatever. And, oh, and you know, by the way, we need to address punk killed it this week uh, in <laughs> the ratings and the MJF promo was a gigantic winner. Yes. It, it did the highest quarter hour. And according to Meltzer, he it gained throughout the entire segment minute by minute. And he was the biggest minute by minute draw as well. And then there's, you know, people who don't understand how those quarter hour charts work who see quarter hour three had dropped down, you know, precipitously. And that had like the last three minutes of the MJF promo, but those quarter hour ratings are an average of the 15 minutes. Only three minutes of that was MJF quarter hour. Two was the majority of his promo. And that's where the show peaked in total viewership and demo. And then Meltzer, you know, noted that the entire, you know, minute by minute, it was the biggest draw on the show. So the MJF thing absolutely drew and, you know, punk absolutely drew because that was the second biggest quarter on the show. Um, and the show did a point four this week, you know, finally, you know, no NBA, they'll go up against the final now, now next week. Uh, now this is what people need to be ready for. Oh, they're, okay? oh my God. You're right. All oh, the takes. So I didn't even think of this. this. Out. Oh, I didn't think of the takes. Ah, oh, the and MJF Chris, thing that people stopped watching. <laughs> uh-huh. Because, and, 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 and I don't know if you know this, but Eric Bischoff already set the table for it. Oh, God. So, so Eric Bischoff, and you know, and I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> with these. Fraud. You know, he put out a tweet right when we hit the air that said, that quote tweeted Brandon Thurston's ratings uh, report. <laughs> and he said, this week's rating is interesting, but let's see about next week. Oh, now, now, no. Now, Eric Bischoff, 1 million percent knows that next week they go up against game four of the NBA finals or game three, whichever one it is. And the NHL Western Conference semis is on that night, too. I don't know how much of that's head to head. But that's but the NBA final game is going to do enough damage. And that is directly head to head for every second of the show. Bischoff knows that the tweet that he made is setting up the tweet he's going to make next week when he and all of the other fucking blockheads say, oh, see, this didn't work because Dynamite's down this. We all know Dynamite's going to be down next week. We all know <laughs> it already. 
but there, but Bischoff has uh, already set up his con, no. and people will of course eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, when he completes the con. And that's what makes Eric smarter than cheeseboard dork and Vince Russo and the rest of these. Yeah, clowns he's just smart enough to know how to actually, to, you know, maneuver these yes. things around and plan out his takes. Yes. We have never said that Eric Bischoff isn't a smart man. We no, he's never a said very that. smart fraud. <laughs> he's a fraud, yes. but he's a smart he's fraud. He's a fraud, but he's very <laughs> smart. There's yes. no question that he's smart. Um, now, he wasn't smart enough to not let Brian Pillman talk him into giving him a real release, but he's a very smart man nonetheless. So he's clearly setting up uh, next week by by putting by putting over this week's number as softly as he can. Like he didn't give it a full endorsement. Yeah. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you can see the con coming a mile away. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean. And and that's gonna be it. Like if you're an AEW fan and and those takes annoy you, log off next Thursday because that's what you're gonna get. You know, you're going to get heaping fucking spoonfuls of... Because <laughs> they're going to get assaulted. Failing. They are going to get assaulted in the demo, too. Especially, like, total viewers might be okay, but that demo is going to be a bloodbath. And, yeah, it's going to be, oh, the work shooting, uh, the young audiences don't react to that. <laughs> you know, whatever. Eric was right. Punk doesn't draw money. <laughs> That's what you're going to get next Work week. shoot is a bad idea. It's, it's going to turn the, yeah. the company face or it's going to turn the company heel and people are going to stop watching. And look, they stopped watching yep. in droves. Yes. So, so uh, prepare for that. And yeah. I don't know when the hockey game starts. They might get hit from both ends. But the yeah. hockey game is West Coast. The hockey game is in Colorado. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to when that starts, but um, so they trust might... me. Somebody who w- went to the West Coast when an episode of Dynamite was on, I still don't know what to tell you. Like, I had no idea when that show was going to air. <laughs> if it was going to air at seven or at ten or at four p.m., I had no earthly idea. I can't. Yeah, I can't make sense of what time zone. Yeah, so prepare for that next week. But yeah, I know. I think MJF is going to be out of sight, out of mind for for a while now, especially since they took him off the. Well, roster. he's fired now, Joe. They they let him go with the, yeah, with the got, roster yeah, page, right. so right. <laughs> he's so, done. That's. that's it. It. Yeah, but uh, he's gonna. I might. Whoa! I met, I must make sure I'm at Hell in a Cell Premium Live event this uh, Sunday at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Because uh, I, I mean, maybe he's coming out. Maybe he's gonna come out and help Cody against Freakin. You know, possible. You never know. I mean, you never you know. know. Anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. So. Yeah, people getting <laughs> nothing. That very battle. nothing really ever does anymore. But you know, <laughs> it did. You used to sometimes. So. You get that promo battle with the Miz that everyone's waiting for. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a four-time Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> the, yeah. the Miz promo. Oh my god. MJF in the ring. I came to place. The spin the point. <laughs> he comes down. Who are you to come into my ring? I am a 15-time Intercontinental Champion, a Grand Slam Champion. I made a vet at WrestleMania. <laughs> in the big leagues. <laughs> right, yeah. I didn't yeah. do it in a bingo hall like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? But, uh, Can't wait. That's yeah, the, it's going to uh, be great. That's the MJF shit. So, do you think he bought the plane ticket? What do you think? <laughs> the plane ticket? I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. I- I'm guessing that he just said, ah, you know what, I'll eat shit on $800 because it'll be yeah. a fun story. So, right. I fr- it, yeah. he probably got a flight credit. You know what I mean? He probably canceled got a, a good little well, flight credit for the future. So Even even if he didn't, what's what's a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if the ticket was a thousand, let's say the ticket was well, a thousand. Honestly, it was probably, it actually, it was probably pretty affordable because if you're buying a ticket like hours before, 
that means there was still an empty seat on that plane or whatever. So they're probably like, yeah, dude, if you want to buy a ticket from, from Vegas to LA or Vegas to wherever, you know, on two hours notice, sure. Yeah. We'll give you a hell of a deal. So I bet it was, yeah, I bet it was a couple hundo. And, uh, yeah. okay. Let's just say it was a thousand. Let's okay. A thousand dollars to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Well, if he's, if he's begging for more money, I don't know. Maybe a thousand dollars does mean a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Let's just say it's a thou- it was a $1,000 ticket. Isn't that a worthwhile investment to see what it led to? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he to makes see how six- easily you could get people on, you know. The guy makes six figures. Who cares? $1,000? You know what I mean? Like, like who can- and, he's, and he's going to make millions in about, you know, Yeah, in about whatever. two years, he's going to make a so, lot more money. So. Even less than that, because he's eventually going to get this new deal from Khan. And if, if he wants it, he'll get it. If he doesn't want it, he'll be a millionaire in two years. So what the fuck is a isn't a thousand dollars a worthwhile investment to put this over and put this story over and capture all of the headlines for seventy two hours, which it did. I mean, you know, so you know, it, listen, with this guy, you can't write anything off. No. He's the last real worker. He's the last real worker. I mean, I would think that'd be a worthwhile investment, you know, and then. Make sure the right people see it and make sure the right people give it to the right people and off you go. I mean, now we've we spent have a lot money. of money on troll domain names over the years. <laughs> so it's like, you know. That's I, right. I spent hundreds of dollars on troll domain names. So, yeah, sure. Do we still own New Japan Mecca or no? Uh, I think I finally let that one go. Because when we started okay. hating New Japan, everybody said, why these guys hate New Japan? <laughs> they can't stand. Oh, we still have it. We still have New Japan Mecca. Or somebody else bought okay. it and, and redirected it. But I think we still have it. Point, <laughs> case in point, yeah. you know, what's 15 bucks a year? Who cares? I have New Japan yeah. Mecca just for a troll. So, I think I bought AEW Mecca at one point too, just to get ahead of the game. I, I think I may have let that mm. one go. I let that one go. Mm. I'm gonna have that one too. Remember when uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate bought DragonGateUSA.com? <laughs> yeah, so the game have it. <laughs> I do. I wonder if they still have DragonGateUSA.com. Oh, they don't. don't. Well, let's see how much I can buy DragonGateUSA.com for. So, one moment. <clears throat> so then Gabe had to go with DGUSA.TV. <laughs> yes, which is actually not a bad one. No, uh, it was a- Oh, already registered. Okay, so does, oh, find out who owns this domain. Let's see who still owns. Let's do it. Who is? Who is? Look up on DragonGateUSA.com. So it is not available to purchase, Joe. Mm. But I can find out who owns it. Well, you never know when that'll be revived. So you want to sit on that. Yeah, it and- could be. Be Juice Polsky. Let's see. It expires. Oh, it should have been. It says it should be open. It says the registry expired on uh, March 18th, 2022. So, oh, it's pending a delete. So, whoever did have it is, uh, is it no longer wants it anymore. So, oh, they don't want it no more, huh? Yeah. Okay. Might have to squat on that one. Yeah. Like yeah. The, uh... yeah. All right. Uh, former Cincinnati Red outfielder Eric Davis is in the note of chat room. He says that, uh, uh, Sean Rossap uh, said the ticket cost over $2,000. Allegedly, he has a screenshot of it. $2,000, mean, yeah. Coach. I mean, buy coach, dude. What do you, you can't buy it. What are you buying? First class here? What are you doing? Yeah, but again, who cares? It's two grand. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's a little... Okay, for my cheap ass, that's a little too much for the story. I'm buying a, I'll buy a $1,000 coach ticket for that, but I don't know. Yeah, you want to put over a story, you got to do what you got to do. I, I, I don't think it's some exorbitant cost. Um... I believe a ticket exists. That's the other thing. There's a lot of people who are like, ah, that, that, you know, sap got worked. No, I believe a ticket exists. I just, 
question whether there was ever any intent to actually right 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 yeah if if you're gonna say Um, that like the work isn't a different thing getting worked is is i don't think he got worked by this fake plane ticket he may have got worked in thinking this was a legit like mjf is leaving with this plane ticket you know what i mean but i think he was careful to sean's credit i think he was careful to say he he has a ticket i don't know if he's getting on that plane all i know is he has a ticket like i think that's kind of what all he said if i remember correctly it's good to see Eric Davis in the chat room. Did you know that on this day in 1989, Eric Davis hit for the cycle? Oh, congr- well, that's why he's here celebrating in the note of chat room. So congratulations June 2nd, to Eric Davis. 19, 1989, Eric Davis hit for the cycle against the Padres. Six RBIs. Hell yeah. He rocked for a little bit. Uh, injuries, man. Yeah, he fell off a cliff so fast because injuries. And he would have been all He was I mean, so good for a while. I have so many Eric the, Davis cards. <laughs> this is a dude that would jack 30 bombs and then steal 80 bases. Yeah. Not 40 bases. Like, he'd steal 80 bases. I mean, he was just incredible. He was, when I was a little kid, you know, my favorite player. Um, yeah, I'm watching uh, highlights of the uh, hitting for the cycle now. Yeah, so good to see Eric Davis joining us here in the chat room. I'm sure it's really him. He's a big fan of the show, as I was a big fan of him. Yeah, so there you go. It's reciprocal. So I remember he, he he hung around for a long time, though. I remember him playing on, like, the, I think when the Giants went to the World Series, he was on that team or something like that. Or, he yeah. played for the Orioles, the Cardinals, the Giants. He yeah, came he back to the Reds. He came back to the Reds in 96 and actually had a pretty good year. He he was a good player after the injury. Right, he was great. And then, like, because I remember I the thing I always remember about Eric Davis, because I have a bunch of Eric Davis cards, because my peak, like, baseball card acquisition years were, like, the mid-'90s or whatever. And I remember looking at the back of his card, and it would be like, you see, like you said, those like a bunch of years of 30 home runs and a bunch of years of, you know, 80 to, to 50 stolen bases. And then all of a sudden, like, it's nothing. And then there's like three blank years, and then there's nothing. And you're like, what the hell? And then there'd be a couple other years here and there. You're like, what the fuck happened to this guy? Like, what happened? Like, what? And yeah, later in life, knowing, yeah, okay, he got hurt. And yeah, then he just didn't even play for a year and stuff. But yeah, it was always a weird card to look at because you're like, holy crap, this guy was like incredible. And then he, you know, he played eight more years, but he was never good again. Like, what the hell happened? So he uh, and 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 when they won the World Series in 1990, they swept the A's in the first or second inning of that of Game Four on a diving catch. He he uh, he injured. He uh, ruptured his kidney, and he came out of the game, and he had to he had to spend the night in the hospital. So he didn't even he didn't get to celebrate when they won the world series and they kept him in the hospital for like a week. So he missed all the shit oh, back in Cincinnati to the parade and all that. So um, from that standpoint, you know, he kind of got fucked in that regard too. you know, the biggest moment of his career um, that, you know, that sliding catch. And then, you know, he hit a home run game one, his first at bat, he hit a home run against uh, Dave Stewart to set the tone. They ended up sweeping that series. Uh, Billy Hatcher had nine straight hits at one point and nine straight at bats in that series. Uh, I remember everything about that. I was, you know, I brought the broom to school the next day after. <laughs> That's awesome. And 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 remember, I was in. I live in New Jersey. No yeah, one cares about. The don't have any clue. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah, sure, cool. Joe. Like, the why Reds. do you have a broom? <laughs> yeah, you're like the Reds and, swept the Oakland Athletics. They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and the people are like, no one's watching that, dude. Like, we're in New Jersey, you know. Uh, but I brought that fucking broom to school after they swept, and I was, I was, you know, very proud of that. But uh, Eric Davis just was kind of snake bit his whole career. Grew up with Daryl Strawberry in L.A. They were like the two coolest players in the league. Oh at the yeah, time. just absolute badasses. Like, just oozing cool. Like Eric Davis's batting stance, he'd hold the bat real low and just he would he would uh, 
like spin it, like turn it, like tilt, like uh, while, before the pitch was coming. He was just kind of like, like he was stirring soup with the bat, right? And he would hold it real low. And then he had that giant hitch in his swing that any hitting coach will tell you not to do. So he had this, he would, he would have this giant hitch. He'd, he'd, he'd swing his hands down by his knees. And then that, that just bat speed that you cannot teach with yeah. those fast wrists. Unfortunately, one of the many players of the, of the eighties and the nineties, which is like an awful, awful swing that they were able to do, but nobody else could do. And probably yeah. hundreds upon thousands of children decided, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going yeah. to recreate Gary Sheffield swing. I'm going to recreate <laughs> yeah. Ken Griffey swing. I recreated yeah. Gary Sheffield swing. Guess how well it went? Not very well. I don't have the same bat speed that Gary Sheffield has, believe it or not. So yeah. uh, me doing the fucking samurai chop every time before, you know, didn't work very well. So uh, every kid tried the Ken Griffey Jr. swing. Also, uh, most of us did not have the bat speed of one Ken Griffey Jr. So. Yeah. There was yeah. a lot of weird stances in the 90s. They don't have weird stances anymore. Everyone's pretty basic. Nah, because they teach everyone the same shit Yeah, now. they're all in a lab, and they're all looking at video and going, yeah, you could actually get to, you know, four more, you know, <laughs> miles per yeah, hour exactly. your exit velocity if you kept your hands in. And yeah, yeah, but not this, like, I learned on the street and nobody stopped me because I was too good at it thing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, I exactly. learned this playing basketball yeah. with my friends, and then every coach was just like, well, I mean, shit, it's working, so I can't. You know, I'm not going to tell Eric Davis to stop hitting because I'm sure in high school Eric Davis was probably a good hitter. So his high school coach probably like this dude, do whatever you're doing. Now. So yeah. Anyway, thank you, Eric Davis, for uh, helping us in. All right. Um, anything else on the fallout of uh, Double or Nothing? So obviously, if you want a full review uh, of Double or Nothing, we have that available on Instant Reaction Live on FlagshipPatreon.com and on the $10 tier. Uh, you can watch the replay uh, back on YouTube. Uh, there's also an audio file as well uh, over at FlagshipPatreon.com. That is our full review uh, of Double or Nothing. I think we went about two hours, two hours and ten minutes, just something like that. So we went quite a long time immediately after the show with all of our review uh, of that show and, and, and ratings and you know favorite matches, all that sort of stuff. So if you want a full review uh, of Double or Nothing, you can get it there at FlagshipPatreon.com. But uh, anything else you want to talk about in terms of like kind of the fallout of the show? Um, I don't know. Yeah, and, and, qu- and get on that $10 tier because then forbid doors later this month yeah so yeah it's a great month to do it and, we, and, and a lot of people have smartly done that we had a lot of people because with a late pay-per-view uh, month we had we told a lot of people you know either sign up like super early in the month so you can get your ten dollars worth the whole month uh, we had a lot of people get kind of smart too where they then decided on the first to sign up yeah there's been a yeah. lot of people more than we usually have on the first sign up and that is smart too if you're saying hey look i can wait a day for the instant reaction it's not that big of a deal but then i'm gonna get a whole month of content from these guys plus the forbidden door thing you are smart those people that sign up on the first, you are smart. The people that signed up early in the month, last month, you are smart. Yeah. The people that signed up the day of Double or Nothing, we appreciate it. You're not. But that we smart. told you not to do yeah, that. <laughs> you're not that smart. You, you could have gotten more content for your ten dollars. We want yeah. you to get the value. It's it's ten dollars. It's ten dollars anyway. You may as well get the full amount of your ten dollars. We'll take your ten dollars anyway. We appreciate it, but we're trying to give you the best value possible. So. Uh, yeah, now is a great time. You're going to get the Double or Nothing uh, uh, instant reaction. You're going to get the Forbidden Door instant reaction. You're going to get everything else we do uh, at FlagshipPatreon.com for the entire month. So that is a great time to subscribe. So the show did the $1.15 million gate, which is notable because it's the first million-dollar gate in American wrestling history, non-WWE. Um, I don't think enough is being said about that. That's that's uh, so now that, ooh, so that, that is is that even non WCW? WCW never had a yeah. million dollar gate. Wow, never did. Now they have. Now Meltzer said they have some if you adjust for inflation, but um, sure, yeah, you know. But that's that's the first one. Hmm. You know, the crack a million. So um, you know, and it's the pay per view. Um, 
I, I still think when the numbers come in that it's it's you know it, it's obviously going to top last year. I think it has a chance to do the 170 um, that the last pay per view did, and and you know and now we'll see about Forbidden Door, which obviously instantly sold out, and then every time they open up tickets, they they instantly sell as well. So they're on a roll from a business perspective. Uh, they did a good rating last night. No, Eric Bischoff says. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't we don't have to do that. Uh, they're on a they're on a roll from from that from a business standpoint. Uh, Tanahashi showed up last night too, so we have our main event for Forbidden Door. We don't know anything else. Um, I would do Okada Brian Danielson as sort of the second main event or set whatever you want to call it. Because I feel like that match checks all the boxes you need. Number one, it's a legitimate dream match. Number two, it'll be a great match. Number three, it's a drawing match. People will be interested in it from a business standpoint. And number four, since Punk has to win the main event, uh, Okada is going to have to beat somebody. And I think Brian Danielson can eat a loss right now with the way that he's positioned with with no issues. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, not, yeah. not going to fuck up your, your AEW booking. So... To me, that match would be the best of all worlds as a match for Okada. Um, but I guess we'll see which way they go. I mean, maybe Danielson will will, will will lobby for Zack Sabre Jr. or something like that. We know he wants that match. But the thing about Danielson is we know he's going to go to New Japan at some point. So he, My man's in some good shape, Joe. I don't know if you saw him on Double he, or Nothing. We didn't mention it, but he's added some weight. He's added some yeah. mass. I mean, that... My boy looks ready for uh, for something. If uh, if if they come calling or if he's got availability, man, I think that guy could be could fit in very nicely on a a, a a grade one climax. If I do say so myself. Well, he wants to do it. He just wants to do it when everything is as normal as it's going to be. Right, he doesn't, right. you know. So he might figure out, okay, I could scratch my itch because I'm going to wrestle nine of these guys in a G one, and he, you know, um, and he seems like a pretty. Uh, amicable, amicable, amicable guy. Anyway, uh, oh, I don't think. Yeah, would, I don't think he would raise a stink. I think if they said, "Hey, we want you to lose to most people on the New Japan roster," I think he's probably fine with it. He, or it, even wrestle anyone, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, it's not yeah, like, yeah. It's not like wrestling Okada is an insult. <laughs> I mean, no, geez, <laughs> no, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I think it might be, okay be the match that. you want anyway. In all honesty, but um, so yeah, I mean, well, you know, we'll see. I, I think that um. You know, there, there's a lot of people who seem to think there's going to be a lot of like six and eight man tags on this show. I, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think, I think that's Japanese joint show thinking being applied to an American pay per view. You got to sell pay per views. You can't do a bunch of fucking road to eight man tags on a show like this. Right? Yeah, you sold those tickets, and that's that's great, and that's well. But yeah, we're trying to sell. We're trying to get people to to you know give fifty dollars. In, in great numbers to watch this show. So yeah, you got to have a little bit more. It's not just the live building. It's, it's, it's not just, Oh, we sold the tickets. Okay. We can do whatever now. That, that's not the case anymore. You got to sell those pay-per-views. Yeah. And, and the politics, you're just going to have to figure them out. And, you know, I still think too, that you're, you're going to get some matches that aren't cross promotional. I think you might get some AEW matches that are their own storyline. You might get a new Japan match mm-hmm. or two, um, which will again, help with, the politics, right? But Punk Tanahashi was a good idea because Tanahashi obviously is at the stage of his career where he can lose anytime, anywhere to anyone, and it does not matter. And he still also can have an incredible match of the year caliber match with anyone. And he's viewed as an enormous generational star 
and a match with Punk is a legitimate dream match. So as far as what they've done so far, I, they're an easy one. They're batting a thousand so far. I mean, that's an easy one for one, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're definitely gonna have to ramp it up pretty quickly here because this, this show is is coming like up three on, weeks. It's coming up a lot quicker than even I think I remembered. I, you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, well, they have you know four or five, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man, they do not. That thing is coming up real fast, June 26. So they got to get going here. And and yeah, I was kind of surprised that we only got one official match. Uh, uh, booked this week we maybe had some other stuff kind of insinuated or whatnot but uh, you know if, if if people if you saw that uh uh the stuff going around about punk versus or uh, a page versus okada i'm not saying that that's not going to be the match but that the, the official word is that that was incorrect there was i think dave Meltzer mentioned it on wrestling observer radio and and uh, that has actually been clarified by wrestling observer that that was okay the, the listing that he saw was incorrect uh, now that's again that might be the match. I'm just saying, don't get excited about that match yet until it's officially announced. So who knows uh, if that's what it is? But that's a weird politic one as well. I, I think people that know about wrestling politics and joint show politics can probably do a better job of booking the show than people that are just thinking, hey, what are going to be the best matches? Like CM Punk and Okada would have fucking rocked. That would have been an all time great match and all time great booking, all that sort of stuff. But like we talked about even a couple weeks ago, the politics involved in that match, especially if Punk is going in as champion is very difficult, very, very difficult. So I get why the Tanahashi one, like you said, is perfect. And you might get a few more of those types of matches where, okay, Paige and Okada, that's going to be a tough one too. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that's going to be tough about that one. It's not as much anymore since Paige isn't the champion, but then there's the optics of, hey, do you want Paige losing again in a big time spot and yada, yada, yada. There's that sort of stuff. So you're probably going to see a lot of, like you said, a lot of matches with guys that, there's very clearly not an issue with that person losing. That person's either not a champion. That person is fine with losing. That person's not, you know what I mean? There's always some sort of, so I don't, I'm not saying temper expectations. I'm saying that they're probably going to be a very good card still, but maybe some of the stuff that you're thinking in your head and you close your eyes and go, okay, that's going to, that would be awesome. Like you also have to think about who should win, who should lose, who could win, who could lose. Like that stuff is important in a show like this, especially with two companies that give a shit uh, about wins and losses and who wins and, and how their champions are perceived and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of companies where they wouldn't care and say, hey, let's just do whatever and who cares who wins or losses. These are two companies that deeply, deeply, deeply care about it. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still expecting it to be a really, really good show, but I think you do have to be aware of some of the politics that are going to be involved in this and understand that it can't just be a dream match machine. It's going to have to be stuff that makes sense for both companies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of big singles matches. We'll see. There, there's there's rumors there's another ROH show coming soon, too. So uh, that could have been with the angle with Ocon and Cobb attacking FTR. That might actually be settled on an ROH show as opposed to a Forbidden Door. Um, I don't know. But uh, but you're right. they got to start announcing stuff. There's only like... You know what? Three. Well, let me look at the calendar. So, I think how many just three more? more dynamites? Yeah, I, I kind of expected this show to we have like three matches all ready to go, or at least two matches ready to go, and we'll see what Rampage. I mean, they might do it on Rampage instead. Well, I are, Rampage wasn't. Is it tape? Rampage. Rampage is live. Okay, it's live. So okay, so there's a possibility of them being. So I, I I always avoid Rampage spoilers. So I was an idiot, and they're like, "Oh, you dummy! This happened." So okay, so there's a few. There's an opportunity to leave this week still having a few more, but yeah, they gotta you gotta get going here. And it's we got to also lie. educate the fan base on like who some of these guys are too, which is going to be a, a little bit of an issue too. They got a live rampage, three more dynamites. And I don't know if that last rampage is going to be live. Like they usually do before pay-per-view. Okay. I would assume that it is. Why wouldn't it be? It always is. So they might have 
five more TV. They they have at least four more TVs to to put to put this card together. Yeah, that's not a lot though. That's um, not a lot. That's no, quick turnaround. It's a WWE style. Especially when you're, you're introducing new characters, you know, to the show and, and new characters that people might, you know, a lot of people are aware of these people, but you're trying to get, you know, not only introduce them, but also give people a reason to depart with their $50 to watch that guy that. Right. Like, is, why is the match happening? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, it, it's not like you know, some idiots will say the, the, the casual fans don't know who Hiroshi Tanahashi is. And it's like, yeah, some of them might not or whatever. They'll learn. But like now we need a reason to, you know, and then and it's not the Tanahashi one's pretty much self-explanatory for people. But yeah, like you said, Okan and Cobb, it's like, all right, well, you need to educate. I mean, fucking Jim Ross doesn't know who great Okan is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to yeah. have to tell people who these guys are, what units they're in, all that sort of stuff. So they got four weeks to get this going. But yeah, you got, I, I expected more on this dynamite. To lead towards Forbidden Door, and I'm kind of surprised that after the Dynamite, we have one match only and, and, and really nothing else. Yeah, they got to get going. I mean, you don't want to announce it all too late either. You got to, you know, next week and the week after are going to be very important. So, and uh, I guess this Rampage too, they could do something. But uh, yeah, so that's next, and it's coming up quick. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of uh, New Japan, let's uh, let's talk about them a bit. Uh, what is the latest on Kota Ibushi? You have a full report at FlagshipPatreon.com. All the new stuff that you have heard, uh, some management shakeups as well. So we're not going to get into a ton of detail about that because, like I said, that is all available uh, at FlagshipPatreon.com. But have you heard anything since uh, you put your news report out there, or is it kind of the same story uh, as we've had from a couple of days ago? No, I mean, that's all the latest. The article's on the $5 tier, the news update. Uh, a lot of office shakeups. At the presser on the 20, I want to say it was on the 27th with Obari and Kadani. Um, the 27th of uh, May. It was a couple days ago. Uh, it was last week. They had noted, uh, they made their statement, and then they took some questions, and somebody asked them directly what the punishments are going to be. And they said, you know, under no circumstances will they be firing Abushi. Uh, he will, hasn't been fired and will not be fired, but because he appeared on the Just Tap Out show without it being cleared, and because he, um, I, I forget how they phrased it, but basically because of the business exposing tweets, they didn't use that verbiage, they said something else, um, that he would probably get a salary reduction, which isn't unheard of. Uh, that's kind of how they handle those things there. Um, as far as Kikuchi, who they did, interestingly enough, they never named Kikuchi by name. They referred to him throughout the whole deal as, uh, the, the, uh, official, they kept saying, the yes, official. Uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to remember the term. It was like the, uh, yeah, the official, that was just weird. <laughs> so someone asked, well, will he be punished? And, and, uh, Kadani had noted that they were looking into a, a uh, like a demotion or a change in in uh, in positions for him, and then you know now we know what those changes were. And it was like a domino effect. There's a lot of different people with different roles. The bottom line is they're they're not getting rid of Kikuchi, but what they're doing is putting him in positions where he will have limited contact with the roster, because the idea being that he kind of caused all this by. This all started because he insulted Abushi by questioning whether he still wanted to work there or not. And Abushi took that as he was firing him by the way it was worded. He's like, oh, do you want to be fired? And then Abushi like took that as, oh, you're firing me. And then that's what caused all of this. Right. So his 
you know, and a lot of the roster, as I wrote in a previous update, never didn't like this guy to begin with, Kikuchi. So he was already rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. So they got him out of a lot of the roles that require um, direct contact with the talent, as, as opposed to just getting rid of him. Um, it does look like he's still in the in the like the booking room. You know that he's still part of that. Um, but a lot of his other responsibilities have changed and there's different people now in those spots. All the details are there. It's on the $5 tier. As far as Abushi goes, I get the impression that neither side expects or even wants him to ever wrestle for New Japan again. Something drastic would have to change. Because now he thinks that they're responsible for his mother's suicide attempt. Yeah, I, yeah we've, we've, we've definitely gotten to the point where... And I thought we were at a point of no return a couple weeks ago. Uh, but then adding this part about the mom thing if, and, and, and him being you know as close as he was to his mom. I mean, any, any, any t- anything you read, anything of the history of him is like very, very close uh, to his mother. So, yeah, for him to even, you know, or, or for him to think that, you know, or, or, or whether it's true or not, I, I, you know, I'm not making a, a, any, any sort of you know, judgment on that. But, you know, he thinks that they played a part in his mom, you know, and, th- and if that's the case, like there's almost no going back from that. Like that's. For him, for them, for for everybody, that's that's really tough to come back from. I think, from the company standpoint, now it's at they're in just damage control mode. Okay, can we keep this guy calm? Can yeah, we can get you him not bring up the yakuza anymore? Can we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're at that point for sure. Because that's a major problem. Because there was a major story in Japan where Fuji TV just canceled a major mixed martial arts event in the Tokyo Dome because the there were alleged yakuza connections with the promoters. And Fuji TV canceled airing the event. And everybody, I assume, is at least vaguely familiar with what happened with Pride. And that's exactly what took Pride down, uh, you know, a decade ago or whenever that was. Uh, Probably longer than that at this point, right? That was probably like 10, 15, 12 or 15 years. But the the pointer is Bushi Road's shitting their pants because these things are not taken lightly. And it won't just affect New Japan. It'll affect the entire the entirety of Bushi road and Abushi's back out there saying that he's going to put out his own videos with his own words. Cause it was interesting at the presser, uh, Kadani had said, look, if, if, uh, if Abushi would like to speak on this, we'd be more than happy to accommodate him and, and set up a presser for him. I don't believe them. Like I, I, I know they said that. I think that that's just lip service. I think that's just for the press. I think that's just so to, to for, for, for appearances. I don't think they have any interest in giving him a live mic at their desk to, because they think he's just out of control and crazy. So I think that that wasn't a genuine offer. And I think he understands, I think Kabushi understands that too, which is why he's, and this is all my speculation now, but, and I think that's why he's threatening to put out these videos because he didn't like the way that that, that Obari and Kadani, how all that went down with the presser without him being there. So I think he feels like he's got to, you know, so that may have ended up making things worse, but you know, we'll see if Abushi responds and, and puts out these videos and they're like, they're, they're hoping that he doesn't. And they're just playing it now where they're like, okay, look, this guy's shoulders injured. Uh, we wish him the best. We hope when he's fully healed, that's when we'll see him return to the ring. But I don't think that they want him back. I don't think he wants to come back. And I think the shoulder at this point is just a cover reason. It's just something they could say to the press to, to satisfy the fans and to satisfy the press. Okay, well, if his shoulder's hurt, then he can't work. But there's a lot of people who think 
his shoulder has healed enough to where he can work now. If 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 none of this had ever happened, a lot of people think he'd be back. He would have been back by now. That doesn't mean the shoulder's 100%, but no one's 100%. Right. Yeah, no, no wrestler is 100%. So, you know, so there's there's that whole aspect of it too, but there's a lot more detail in the article. It's on the $5 tier. Uh, we don't have time to go through point by point, but that's the gist of it. And um, at this point, unless there's some kind of major, major shift, I'd be – I'll stop short of saying stunned, but I'd be very surprised if he ever wrestles for New Japan again, which brings up the question, where the fuck can he go? Because he doesn't want to move to the United States, and we don't know – we know he has – merchandise money beef with new japan and with kikuchi but he allegedly has merchandise money beef with kenny omega and the elite as well so there might be heat there plus he doesn't want to live here then he has said now the things he says who knows because he's out he's an he's an eccentric guy he says he doesn't want to work for ddt well what does that leave i mean (laughs) you're uh... noah i mean who else can pay him and who else? I mean, Noah. I mean, literally, Noah got, is the only other option, and that's, that's the only other. Probably still a, a, a slight uh, decrease in pay, I'd imagine. And I'm sure yeah. Noah would love to have him. Oh yeah, yeah. How would he fit in with the politics of <laughs> of Muto and the fucking shooters? And I mean, that would be fascinating to see, honestly, if he were to end up in Noah. But I don't see another destination unless no, he no, and, and are you – on this hypothetical, are you saying if nothing else happens? if, if nothing Because like, if he comes out and goes scorched earth on them, no one's ever touching him ever again. And that's the other thing. Because let's Ooh. be honest. No Japanese wrestling company really wants a wrestler that was saying, hey, uh, the company I was with was with the Yakuza. But now I'm with Noah, and they're good because it's like everyone, you know, a little bit of a guarded secret. But nobody really wants anybody to say who's – you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of uh, – uh, some shady characters. Yeah, not everyone's got, you know, some a lot of skeletons in a lot of closets. Yeah. So, like, yes. no company is going to want to take him then. Every company is going to be like, fuck that guy. We're done. So, if he goes, if, if, if all, if the rest is, if the rest of this thing is whatever it has been, and he goes radio silent, and then a year from now he just quietly is released from New Japan or whatever, then yeah, Noah's a spot. Uh, <laughs> burst. Honestly, <laughs> burst for wrestling can be a spot. You know what I mean? Like, it's. It's honestly the only one that works. It's the only one where if he wants a, a, a even a modicum of what he was getting paid before is the only place he right. can go. I mean, the, the scene right now is is in absolute shambles. I mean, Dragon Gate's not taking him, obviously. Um, all Japan Pro Wrestling can pay him about 190th probably of what he was getting paid. Uh, you know, all these companies would take him at, at a very reduced rate if he wanted to, but... I mean, he could go... He's, a, he's an eccentric guy. He could go slum it up on the indies, I guess, sure. if that's what he wants to do. That would be interesting. Um but yeah, if he wants a real career, it, it and and he's and he's serious about not wanting to go to DD because who the hell knows with him? Um, then I would think that Noah is the only real option on the table, unless he has a complete change of heart and wants to move to the United States. Because right. either of the companies here would would take him, I would think. Um, I mean, I don't know how he would fit in with WWE or, or, yeah. I mean, I, I can't guess, imagine well at this point, but I mean, of course not. I mean, he wouldn't, you know, it, it might, <laughs> I don't know, but he's, it's not great. I, the tracker are not great. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, we'll have to see, but um, at this point, it seems like they're just 
waiting out his contract. But there's nothing to stop him from from talking once his contract's over either. I mean, so it's just a big mess. And they're trying to handle it with kid gloves. And yeah. I don't know. I, they're, I yeah, they're just hoping nothing over. else comes out about this. That, that's where they're at right now is handle eternally. Hope he stays quiet. Hope that he doesn't bring anything up. And then maybe hopefully quietly he just departs and moves on with the rest of his life. And they move on with the rest of their lives uh, is, is probably what everyone's hoping for. But yeah. And, you know, it needs to be said, you know, there people could get fired out of this, too, with the Yakuza stuff. Because they're looking into that. And they, they're going to weed out anybody that even has a, you know, any kind of suspected oh, yeah. connection or anything. I mean, they're going to go. And that could be anyone. So, that's something to keep an eye on too, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the Yakuza accusations, which, you know, they, they are, they, they are because they have to take them very seriously. Yeah. And we, and we also, anybody who knew anything, who knows anything about the history of, you know, Japanese wrestling or Japanese sport or Japanese business or anything like that knew that when he dropped that word and said that, that it was a whole different ball game then. Oh, and that's, that's when everyone went, Oh, the people that know knew and went, uh, Oh, now we're getting into, okay, it's one thing to say, yeah, they did this, and I hate them, and yada, yada, all that sort of stuff, but the second you bring that word up, then it's like, okay, now everything has got to change, everything, now it's, now it's real, now it's a real, real thing here that everyone needs to, you know, discuss and talk about and stuff, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, Sticking with Japan, we're going to go to Japan for a little bit. Not bouncing around Japan because we'll not, we're going to we're not going to be bouncing. We're going to be staying here for a while, and I don't want to hear the Orient Express theme <laughs> for an hour straight. But uh, let's talk about Tarzan Goto. Uh, he uh, passed away on Sunday at the age of fifty nine. Obviously, most famous for his run uh, in FMW. Uh, some other notes about his career as well. Tokyo Sports Rookie of the Year in nineteen eighty three. He was a member of All Japan Pro Wrestling at that time. Uh, it was also during his run in All Japan Pro Wrestling that he met. A fellow All Japan Pro Wrestling youngster, Atsushi Onida, that would come back later to uh, to haunt or help Goto, depending on how uh, you define that. They had a great rivalry, so maybe haunt him, but uh, he made a lot of money, so helped him. Uh, he was part. He came to America, part of the Oriental Express, Oriental Express, with a key uh, a Kiyo Saito. The Kiyo Sato, who was part of the Orient yes. Express. Yes, so if you want some Pat lore, Tanaka. yes, if you want Orient Express lore, he was a part when Tarzan Goto came to America and bunch of different territories right continental and i forget the other place he was all over the place um for a while he was part of the oriental express with sato memphis. yes memphis, memphis he was there yeah. as well uh and then later when sato would go to wwf they would then become the orient express with patanaka so there you go Lord. and then akio Sa- sato left and paul diamond took the spot as kato right and then you were left with so. the Orient Express featuring, uh, well, <laughs> Which, a Hawaiian guy and, and a white guy. But, uh, hey. And that version of the Orient Express with Pat Tanaka and Kato, which was Paul Diamond under the mask, was actually, that was just bad company from a few years prior. Right. With, with the new name and with the gimmick. So that's how, that's how you track bad company back to Tarzan Goto right. in a very convoluted and, and <laughs> exactly so I love 80s tag teams that shit just fascinates me to no end yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Tarzan, you keep going with it. Yeah, so then Goto, uh, pretty much after, he kind of gets out of the business, he's kind of over it after a while, but then his old buddy Onita calls, <laughs> as he's done many times in his life, uh, that man can can talk you into the building, no matter what, and he comes calling and wants him to be a part of a brand new company he's launching called FMW, and really the rest is history. Goto becomes one of the biggest stars of FMW, uh, a key figure in training their up-and-coming wrestlers, including Hayabusa was one of those. 
Uh, uh, and then uh, Goto would have a falling out of sorts with Onita, as, again, many people have over the years. Uh, he would move to IWA Japan, where uh, he has that famous match with Cactus Jack and a bunch of other stuff uh, as well. And then as a result of the IWA Japan, uh, at some point in uh, your November to remember, you're going to be talking about Tarzan Goto. It's uh, July 1996. He, he faces Axel Rotten uh, on a random house show. And then the next night at ECW Heat Wave 1996. Uh, he faces Axel Rotten, so look for that. Okay, in so he wrestled twenty twenty eight on November to remember. So he wrestled him in, I believe, the Ag Hall in in um, the first night, the uh, the venue where um, WWE WWF ran all their tapings in the early eighties, and then ECW would run that that venue. And then the next night was Heat Wave, and I was at that show where Tarzan Goto. So you've seen Tarzan wrestled. Goto live? Yeah, I think. Um, was that one of the shows Tony Khan went to? I can't remember, but because um, he went to shows in '96. But I saw Tarzan go to live against Axel Rotten, and unfortunately, it's not a great memory because there's there, there's a spot in that match where he hits Axel Rotten with a chair shot to the head, and I mean he was just protecting the guy. He really pulled it, and it was the weakest chair shot in the history of the ECW oh, arena. Weaker than the Lance Storm. And he got booed out of the building. Oh. The fans just groaned and they were like, boo. And I was probably one of the mutants doing it at the time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, I'm sure you were. It, it was an embarrassingly bad chair shot. That's the only real memory I have 26 years later of seeing Tarzan Goto wrestle live. I remember his, obviously, the, the, the trademark yellow uh, singlet and that really, really bad chair shot. And I mean, it's Axel Rotten. He don't care. Oh, you could lay it in. Yeah, Fucking that dude is is more than destroy his brain. He doesn't. This was pre Benoit. It was Axel Rotten. It was the ECW arena. Uh, you know, just cave his fucking skull in. He don't care. But look, he was trying to protect the guy. You know, you can't really you know kill him in hindsight. But, uh, yeah, that's my one enduring memory was that awful, awful chair shot. But uh, it was cool to see a guy like that, you know, come in and and and, and work the show, though. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else uh, about Tarzan Goto. I mean, the rest of his career, then, he was basically just bouncing around. Like, I I, I don't know what you would say for, you know, the, the post-IWA Japan uh, years of, of, of Tarzan Goto, pretty much just bouncing all over the place and, and – uh, God, I mean, I, there'd be so many of these, you know, retread. Some of them called FMW, Super FMW came up for a little bit, and then that folded, and a bunch of other stuff came up for years and years and years or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he, he was he, he was a lot of places. Uh, wrestled, I think, until 2019, I think, was his last match, or 2018 was his last match. So uh, he would still wrestle for a little while, but obviously only sparingly. And, and yeah, his peak days uh, were, were obviously in the 90s with FMW. And at, at that point, he had already wrestled for years. I mean, he came up in All Japan in, like, the early 80s, like 1982 or 81 or, or whatever. So, And that kind of happened with Onita was the same way, too. If you don't know about Onita, he didn't just, you know, one day become a deathmatch wrestler. I mean, he had been a trained wrestler for a while, and then he had some injuries, and then realized, wait a minute, I can make a lot of money doing this stuff, and, and ended up, you know, kind of transforming his career. Goto, kind of the same thing as well. I mean, he had gotten to wherever he thought he could get to uh, and then starts becoming sort of, you know, Famous for doing exploding barbed wire matches and you know this match and that match and all that sort of stuff, bare knuckles, you know, champions and death matches and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I, I don't mean, know. He was he was the number two for a long time. He absolutely FMW. was. I mean, he, you you got to say he's number two for for a long time at FMW. That one exploding 
Cage deathmatch gimmick, you know, drew like 34,000 fans um, with Onita for the anniversary show in, in, in 90 or 91 or whatever it was. And then, um, you know, his his universally agreed upon best match was, was, was you know, the Onita and Goto versus Dragon Master and Karisu, which I put up this week as the match of the week behind the paywall. Um, I scrapped the plan that I had because he had died the day before and, and um, Gerard Detrolio from the site had recommended if I was going to do a Goto match to do that one, because, you know, and I had never seen that match before. And it, you know, it was a famous match. I just never got around to the, um, it's like a, a Texas tornado tag. Uh, so if you're looking for, if people are looking for a match to watch, we've got that up. It's also on YouTube, obviously, but um, was our match of the week this week. And he had those, those great main events, that drew a shit ton of money um, with Onita. And I thought, did you hear Lance Storm, his audio this week? I did on, not. On no, Kojo? no, I didn't. Okay. So he said when he when he did FMW in 90 or 91, he did the one FMW tour, and he worked with Tarzan Goto on the first or second night. And he thinks that – and he said that Goto was a better wrestler than people maybe give him credit for because he was doing all the deathmatch stuff. But Goto, who was the number two and was also the guy who handled the money and the payouts at that time. Okay. So he was kind of like, you know, he was office. And he said that he suspects that Goto liked working with him because they worked together on the rest of the tour. Like he was in matches with Goto because he thinks it was Goto had a chance to wrestle because he, you know, because Lance obviously was not a deathmatch guy. So he thinks that Goto booked himself with with him so that at least on one tour, he'd have a chance to just wrestle and not worry about, you know, all the deathmatch shit. And then he said, uh, years later when, uh, when Goto was with war and, 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 and Lance obviously worked a ton of war tours. Um, you know, he, he got a chance to work with him again, but it was, uh, it was in that case, it was more Goto doing, you know, the hardcore shtick and, they had a big disagreement in a match because he thought Goto wasn't selling enough or something. And he thinks Goto was, was, you know, trying to get over cause Abdul the butcher was on the tour. So he was like trying to keep pace oh, with Abby. Yeah, yeah. And, and he I'm looking at one of the up, matches, one of the matches featured Abdul the butcher. So it may have been that match. It, it may have been that match. Was yeah. Lance Storm in that match? Too? Uh, he is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah. That's the match. Yeah. It's a uh, butcher. Katao so, Goto versus Tenru. Uh, Kitahara and, and Lance Storm. It's on War Warfare 1997, May 31st, 1997. The way Lance tells the story is he was irate because he thought the match was shit because nobody was selling. And he complained to Tenru after the match and, and gave him an earful. But he says on the, the you know, classic Lance Storm burying someone who died. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, I'm thinking, yeah, I didn't even think about that. He's spending his entire... <laughs> <laughs> but everything else he said was very nice. <laughs> yeah. He said that, you know, on the FMW tour, he, he, he actually, you know, he worked with them almost every night and, and they just wrestled. They didn't do any bullshit or anything like that. And um, obviously, Lance, I think that was Lance's only FMW tour because obviously he wasn't the kind of guy that they're. No, yeah. No. Um, but you, know, you think about Lance Storm, he's been way more places than people think and worked with a lot more people than you think. You know, because. Oh, absolutely. He, he was such a solid worker that he he would get booked, um, you know, virtually everywhere during that era. But um, 
but yeah, and he's, that, that... he started a lot earlier than I think a lot of people think too. So he goes, I mean, yeah. he goes all the way back to you know FMW in 1991, and then like I, I think the last gasp of Stampede or whatever it was at, at that point. But yeah, then he's around for Smoky Mountain, then he's in War, then he's in New Japan, then he's in ECW, then he's in WCW, then he's in WWF, then he's in ROH, like. You know, impact, and then yeah, he would be able to carve out a huge niche. But yeah, I think people don't think he went, he goes back as far as he goes back. I think people think that like he appeared in ECW one day, and then like, or, or he appeared in you know wherever Rat one tail. day. Yeah, but it's like no, he'd been around for you know five six years before he appeared in ECW with Jericho. He went everywhere with yeah. Jericho. You know, um, yeah, but Goto I think was only fifty eight, which surprised me. Yeah, had- yeah, I, I kind of thought he would be older considering how long he had wrestled. So he must have started very very early in. in just the way he looks, like he looked ragged. Oh know? yeah, he had the long, weird Death hair. Yeah, he had the, the just giant scars on his forehead. And, you know, yeah. I thought he was forty when I saw him in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's, but he's probably in his mid thirties though uh, at that point. But um, you know, he had some kind of cancer, right? Didn't he have liver cancer or something? Or yeah, it was uh, liver cancer. Yeah, he had, he had liver cancer, so that's yeah. Sucks, but... So, um, you know, didn't even wasn't even sixty years old. But uh, definitely a guy who, you know, during the peak of deathmatch in Japan, you know, you know, was was a top, top name, you know, number two when FMW was really cooking, you know, when FMW with no TV and they're drawing crowds of 30,000, 35,000, 40,000 fans for these Onita matches. And a lot of them were against Tarzan Goto. So and he had his various disagreements and falling outs and things like that. Um wrestling bullshit um with onita and whatnot but yeah a legendary name uh in in in, in japanese wrestling in the 90s for sure yeah and as far as his stuff like you know if, if you want to go back and watch it i mean we always kind of tell you and especially on this show like fmw's a tough i mean especially like that early deathmatch stuff is is kind of tough to watch like i know earlier today i watched uh the onita goto like the original exploding barbed wire match you know deathmatch or whatever and it's fine. You know, we all had, like, FMW deathmatch phases in our in our youth or whatever. Like, some of the first Japanese wrestling I watched was that. And I thought it was really awesome at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool or whatever. You know, it doesn't hold. I, I don't know that most of it holds up very well. Uh, I respect it in the level of, like, hey, look, they got 30,000 people there with no TV to watch. The, and, and you understand, this is completely new. Like, the idea that a guy's going to go into the ropes and then a giant explosion's going to happen. Like, that stuff's fucking awesome. Like, it's still cool. The, the, you know, the, the production aspects of all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, in terms of, like, sitting down and watching a match and thinking, oh, man, here we go. Like, I think the Cactus Jack match is very solid. Uh, that's one I did rewatch today as well. I think the, 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 the Tarzan Goto Cactus Jack, you know, the famous one, if you just look up, you know, those two names in IWA Japan, that's probably the match you're going to get. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, there's, yeah, there was some other stuff that I checked out today. Like you said, the, the match of the, uh, uh, the match of the week one, I think is, is, is good. That's like, a, to me, a legitimately good match a, as well. Uh, it's just, you got to take all that FMW and deathmatch stuff with a grain of salt, especially those early days. It's, it's, you know, it, I don't know. Well, I, because I don't look you, at everything, look at everything we've seen in the 30 years since. Right, right. It, it seems kind of mild manner that it's like, you know, it's all about the optics and, and the danger and the potential danger. And nowadays we see people put themselves in like legit actual danger. You know what I mean? We see guys go yeah. through panes of glasses and shit and guys do insane stuff where in those days it was like, all right, we're just going to like cut each other on the elbows and do this sort of stuff. But like, yeah, let's make an explosion go off every so often. Like it was all about the theatrics of it. And nowadays you see guys like legitimately put themselves in near death situations in wrestling. So it, it's kind of a different animal. It's definitely 
you know, the, the, the very, very early days of that style. But, um, so you, you have to view that stuff through a historical lens. Yeah, of course. Is, is how, you know, when you watch a lot of this stuff, you know, you can't, and that goes for a lot of older wrestling. You know, a lot of times you have to view it through a historical lens and you have to view it through a lens of um, educating myself on the history of wrestling and, and what it was like to be in this time and place. Really, you know, no matter a lot of times when I'm seeking out older wrestling to watch for the first time, you know, I'm not watching it, anticipating seeing, you know, like, quote unquote, great matches. I'm watching it to learn and I'm watching it to experience different kinds of wrestling and, and matches and angles and promos that I've never seen before. Um, you know, my, what I've been doing lately is looking for very obscure territories that I've, that I've never seen or never heard of. And there's like a million of them in the dying days of the territories, like in the late eighties, all these little territories were popping up, especially in the Carolinas with like South Atlantic pro wrestling and the and Nelson Royals little territory that he opened up around that time. And there was a territory in California that opened up where, you know, none of them lasted more than, than two or three years, but, and they're kind of like lost to time, you know, but you could see where, where, where some major league stars, you know, would spend time in these places in between runs with WWF and, and Crockett or, or whatever. And you're like, wow, I never knew that, you know, like Ricky Steamboat pops up in South Atlantic pro wrestling for like six months. And I never knew he had that, that run there. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you have to, you know, so circling back to this, you know, with everything that we've seen in the 30 years since the early nineties that have upped the ante with death match and what people are willing to do to their bodies, you do have to view it kind of through a different lens that this was the very beginnings of this. And some of the matches are legitimately crazy. I mean, they're not, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think we're downplaying. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Some guy, I mean, yeah. Some of the times they actually were fucking nutcases and going out there and putting yeah. themselves in near death situations. But yeah, sometimes I mean, Sabu yeah. and the Sheik, like basically catching on fire. Yeah. And just, <laughs> yeah right. You know, and, and stuff like that. Not basically you know, that, catching, on, catching on fire. Yes. Yeah, you know, the fire matches were always a bad idea. I mean, I know they would cancel them a lot because of wind, and then sometimes they'd go through with them. and Because they would do these a lot of these shows in big baseball stadiums, big outdoor baseball stadiums. Kawasaki Stadium and shit like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, so, um, you know, you, you know, so yeah, temper expectations, but, you know. Yeah, well, watch, it, to watch see... it to learn. I think that's – what you yeah. brought up is a great point, and that's like I, I, I think a lot of people, when they watch old wrestling, I think – and, and you should like that. That's that's the best way to watch old wrestling. Do not watch old wrestling with the understanding of or, or the a- attempt at. Oh, let me see if this is a good match, or let me see if this is a good. You know, or is this guy good, or is that like watch it for the education? Like you might find guys you're like, wow, that guy's pretty solid, or oh, that's a pretty cool match, or whatever. But yeah, definitely don't like, especially when you're watching stuff from 30, 40 years ago. It's like. Yeah, you're not going to sit down there and say, oh, let me see if this is going to be a four-star match or whatever. Like, it's not – it's just a different game. It's it's a different the, – the business is just totally different. But watch to educate yourself. Watch to say, hey, you know, I'm watching the first ever exploding barbed wire death match. And let me read about, oh, wow, they got 30,000 people in that. You know, and the match itself is not, like, any great shakes. It's not this incredible, incredible match. But it's a super historic match, and it drew a ton of money, and it set the stage for what then would be – you know, FMW would be, you know, one of the more popular companies in Japan – throughout the 90s and really on the heels and on the back of of matches like this so that's you know just how you the best way to watch it as opposed to and they influenced everything that came after right 
right. FMLA. You know, it's 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 spawned. You know that that stuff caught on in America a couple of years later, and that that's what you know spawned. You know the ECW hardcore style, and then of course ECW influenced the Attitude Era. It's just you know so. It, it's it's much more interesting to view this stuff through those types of lenses when you watch them. Yeah, just so. like understand that nobody was doing this shit ever, and then these fucking psychopaths yeah. decide let's have a cage match where when we hit the ropes that are made out of barbed wire, explosions are going to go off. Like you know, what I mean? it's insane. Like it, yeah. <laughs> before, it's just you know a tag team getting in the ring and wrestling, and it's like nah, you yeah, fuck that. Let's make explosions of barbed wire. It, it's crazy. It's insane. So yeah, you got to watch yeah. it for that aspect. You're seeing stuff that you've never ever ever seen before. So. Uh, that is that, but uh, yeah, if you want to check out Tarzan Goat, a lot of that stuff, and, and one of the good parts of, of you know that era is a lot of that stuff is available pretty readily. Uh, so uh, if there's any, you know, you can go to a cage match or something like that, and, or you can just type in Tarzan Goat and Onita, and you can find most of the stuff is is, is, is readily available on, on YouTube or other places. So that is that, but yeah, unfortunately he passes away at uh, 59, and as you said, flagshippatreon.com or match of the week is a Tarzan Goat match as well, so if you're interested... Uh, and checking that one out. So let's get to a, a little bit of more uh, Japan news here. Uh, some some reviews of some shows quickly. Uh, Dragon Gate, King of Gate Finals. Joe, what did you see from the King of Gate Finals? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, well, I will lead you through what I did see and what did happen on this show because there was some interesting stuff. So Jason Lee suffered a concussion. He was out uh, of this. Now, he was supposed to be in one of the semifinals matches, uh, but he was out. So they instead did a second chance entry battle royal with everybody else uh, that was in the tournament. So they put everybody in there uh, and figured out who was going to come out and then uh, emerge in the next semifinal match. And it was Kota Minura who uh, uh, won the second chance battle royal uh, and then would later get in the semifinal match later in the show. It was a standard fair battle royal. It was okay. There was nothing too crazy in it. It was pretty quick. So. Uh, nothing that you need to absolutely go out of your way to check out or whatever. Uh, King of Gate semifinal, Yuki Yoshioka versus Shun Skywalker. Yoshioka, I don't know what they're feeding this kid, but this kid, he's getting big, dude. He is getting big. And I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a body guy. I'm an effort guy. And that, my man is putting effort in his diet and putting effort in his body because he has gotten so big uh, over the last few weeks or last few months, I should say. Well, it feels like weeks, honestly, that he's gotten that big. But uh, sometimes that happens. And uh, Dragon Gate has a way sometimes to uh, of making men. Quite large and quite short time. But uh, anyway, he uh, is out here. Has a really good match here against Shun Skywalker. He advances. Uh, Yoshioka advances to the King of Gate finals. Uh, then uh, I bounced around a little bit. I was kind of pressed for time. So then I just bounced to the next semifinal match of King of Gate. And this was Kota Minura versus Suji Kondo. Uh, Kota Minura Kondo's gets, run came to an end. It huh? came. The miracle run came to an end. But I loved it. I loved the entire run that he had. Uh, it started off with him beating uh, 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 Kai and like, 30 seconds or whatever, and then he got a miracle run all the way to semifinals, but unfortunately he couldn't do it here. The young gun, Kota Minura, was just too much for him to handle. I would have got, I would have at least put him in the finals. You know what I mean? Let, let the miracle run go to the finals, but uh, I get it. It's fine. So uh, Kota Minura moves on uh, to the finals. Uh, then, Joe, we had a big, big change here. Are you ready for this? As I was bouncing around the show. I'm not, I'm not going to get into all the matches and stuff because there were some good matches in the show, but I just want to get to the King of Gate stuff because we have a bunch of other yeah. stuff to talk to. Uh, but a big change in uh, Dragon Gate. Natural Vibes has a new member, Joe. Strong Machine J. Ugh. But wait till you see the dance moves on this guy. But he's a machine. Well, no, he's a dancing machine is what he is, Joe. You got to see this guy. But he's made of parts. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. He, well, the factory made him be a, a quite the efficient dancer because he is uh, 
he blows the other. It's going to actually kill the natural vibes gimmick, I think. Because the other guys cannot dance at all. No. And he can like legitimately dance. You'll see. You'll see when you watch it, man. He he was break dancing. He was he was incredible. I don't know how I feel about him going to my least favorite unit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know because you're you're a big Strong Machine Jay fan. You like the fact that he's made out of parts. You like that Jay yes. is like kayfabe. It's like well, he needed more yes. oil and like yes, you know, like, I love he's not, that. He's not a human being. He is literally the, a machine. The, it's like the best know. bit that the best bit that Jay does is <laughs> when is when uh, is when he's when uh, 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 what's his name? I, I, I can't oh, spit out his oh, name. Hold no, on. no, the wrestler, the wrestler. Oh, uh, Strong Machine so, J. Strong, when Strong Machine J, I couldn't formulate that in my mouth for some reason. When Strong Machine J is out injured, okay, J describes it as he's out for repairs. I love that bit. I love all of the machine references. He's not a human. He's mechanical. He's not injured. He needs repairs. So I don't know if being part of this unit is going to end all of that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hope it doesn't, but it might. It might. All right. I don't know. Does he still have the mask and everything? It's green now. He's got a new mask. Does he still have the 1970s machine entrance music? Um, He did on this show, but this is before he joined. Natural vibes. I, I oh. think I think he's gonna have the natural vibes theme moving forward. I don't know if I'm on, on board. Yeah, with this. I, I, I didn't. Think, I didn't think you were gonna be. I I, I I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I I was into it because he's an incredible dancer, but it does it does ruin what was great about Strong Machine. I, I, I have a list of uh, King of Gate match recommendations from Mike Spears, and then this show. I'm gonna watch all that one day next week when I'm on when I'm at the beach house. Then I'm gonna spend a day watching all this i haven't seen any of it so. oh i forgot you're gone next week right i'm gone next week. Yeah, yeah joe is at the beach house where he'll be indoors watching king of gate recommendations that mike spears correct <laughs> yes that's a, he i like how you casually say at the beach house where i'll be watching the king of gate finals <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's what I, i've already carved out a day where i'm gonna watch dragon gate all day while they're okay, out you just the casually throw in at the beach house where uh, open the voice gates. Yeah. Mike Spears gave me a list of recommendations. And then I'll watch this entire show. So that's how the Joe has tournament. Joe has Tuesday at the beach is I'm going to be indoors watching King of Gate. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to be in. The, yeah. In, yeah. They're going to be at the, on the dopey beach getting sunburned. I'm going to be watching the air conditioned in the air conditioned beach house. Yeah. Coke Z in hand. Yeah. Maybe a lemonade. Or maybe I'll get crazy. Who knows? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, real yeah, lemonade or are you going like out of the bottle or are you making your own lemonade? I think I'll get a real lemonade. Maybe put a slice of lemon on oh, the top of the glass. Oh, bold. Get a little right? umbrella too. And... Yeah, it's the beach. Right? Yeah. When, when, at, when at the beach, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When at the beach watching Dragon Gate on your laptop uh, inside, then yes, it's it's time. It's an appropriate time for a lemonade. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's doing the great, drag dance, doing the oh, break out the room. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, then I'll watch the Reds game. It's like just like being at what home. What a day! Just what a day! Yeah, sounds incredible. Yeah. Well, you don't have the dopey kids bother you, so that's good. Yeah, nah, I'll be on the beach. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then uh, quickly, the King of Gate final. A uh, very good match. Uh, there, I think I there's some matches that I've seen uh, that I liked a little bit better uh, in the King of Gate, but I thought this was really good. It was Yoshioka. Defeated Minora to win the uh, King of Gates. So obviously, this tells the story of you know he had been Daya Inferno and he had done all this sort of stuff, and now he's kind of broken free of that, uh, and now he's kind of his own man. And 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 yeah, this was the culmination of of 
the journey for him to win King of the Gate. And it's a big-time moment for him, and he looked great in the match. He looks like a star. He's got the body of a star. He's carrying himself like a star. So uh, this could be a pretty fun run here uh, for Yoshioka. But, yeah, it was a good match. I, I don't know if i call it a great match, but but a, but a good match. And what I thought ultimately was a really, really good tournament. I watched a majority of the tournament. There's a few matches that I did not see, uh, but I was able to watch most of the stuff, at least everything that got recommended. Uh, I was able to check out, and I was really happy with this tournament. I thought it was really good. Uh, the match structures, I think, were pretty solid. So, yeah, I, I think Dragon Gate uh, has been a lot of fun in, in 2022, and, and this show was no exception. So, I watched the rest of the show, but I, you know, I don't want to. We we gotta move on to some other stuff. So, I don't really want to get into it. Nothing that you need to absolutely go out of your way to check out. Uh, but some some fun matches here and there, up and down the show. It's Dragon Gate, man. The the, the baseline of Dragon Gate is pretty damn good, and, and sometimes they deliver on, on on a really really big level. But but Joe, there's bigger news. On the front about Dragon Gate. Okay, are you ready for this? I don't know if you know about this. You're, you're going to have a show to watch at the beach. Let me tell you. You better yeah. you better catch up to some of this Dragon Gate before you get to that beach. Because you are getting... There's a Toriumon reunion show, but you don't care about that, right? Toriumon, yeah, you've seen it before, right? Well, I don't know. You've piqued my interest. Okay, well, I mean, you might want to watch the Toriumon uh, uh, yeah. reunion show. But there is a live show on Dragon Gate network right called dragon slash dragon mm. live from okinawa right ryukyu dragon pro and dragon oh. gate 2022 oh! live that, <laughs> that is happening on the 19th i think you'll already be back by then right um yes i will be back oh, oh yeah yeah well, we're watching that show for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon yeah. X Dragon, baby. Live from Okinawa. Yeah. All the all the stars. <laughs> yes. All the stars. <laughs> those, we love those shows, man. Those guys work. Those guys are awesome. So I, I'm, I'm, no, I like, I'm I not like being facetious. Little, like, these guys rock, yeah. and it's awesome. I like that little promotion. I do. Um, speaking of all the stars, I think that Norm special that he filmed in secret because he knew he was going to die. Did you hear about this? I so did. Yeah. He, I haven't, I, is it weird or, or is it cool? I can't. I don't know. So he had all this material that he wanted to put out into the world, but he knew he was going to die. So he filmed this special without fans, I believe, because it was during the heart of the pandemic. And I think it's up on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken now. No fan, like company with no people, I think. But the last stuff that he ever, like, the the last bit of material that he ever came up with, right, so I don't know. Right. Got to be an interesting watch, at minimum. Um, but also kind of spooky and weird, right? In a lot of more ways yeah, than one. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, that's why I was trying to see if you had seen it yet, so I can uh, find out if it's actually. No, I haven't watched it yet. But, um, yeah, but uh... I think it I think it just hit today or yesterday. Okay. I, I mean, I'll probably check it out. It's still, I mean, he's all-time great comedian, so. Hmm. All right. But anyway, That's, Dragon uh, X Dragon on the 19th. So carve out the 19th for you. Karukin Mask will be there. Ultra Saki's going to be there. I mean, just the, the stars will all be out here. Hibis- <laughs> was it Hibiscus or whatever? That, that, the, 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 oh, but they're all there. All the stars of <laughs> the Okinawa all scene. All the stars. Of the Okinawa scene. Hey, Karukin Mask fucking rocks. So I'll, I'll be there for Karukin Mask for sure. But uh, yeah, they'll, they'll all be there. Shisha will be there again. You, you know that. So anyway. 
that is Dragon Dragon. That is Dragon Gate. So, all right, let's move on to uh, New Japan Best of the Super Juniors. We got the finals coming up uh, today, tomorrow, when most of you guys listen to this. Live listeners, you're getting uh, our, our, our preview of the final. Uh, everybody else is getting our very, very late. Because that's going to – It's uh, let me see what the date is. Isn't it literally today? It's like tonight. It's in like hours, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure What's it's the Super Junior final? Yeah, yeah, it's in like hours, right? Hey, listen. The third, but hey, you know what? Live listeners, you're all here. We we do a live show, so live show. So you get you get on a ten dollar tier, and then this won't be out of date. There's people listening right now in the number of chat room. It's not late for them. They're champing, chomping at the bit to get our best of Super Junior final preview here. So, all right, we've had matches, we've had blocks. People have won, people have lost. People have come in from America. People have come in from all over the place. Teton from Mexico. And our best of the Super Junior Final is El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. Excited? Annoyed? What, what are you at with that final? We lost Joe here for a sec, so I will uh, I'll quickly... There, he's back. All right, hello. It was awful. I had to dip out and come back. No problem. All right. I could, you're all choppy breaking up, so... Oh, choppy. Okay, choppy, choppy. Now you're good. Okay, I'm good now. All right, so I said people have won, people have lost, people have come from Mexico, yeah. people have come from America, and we now have our final. It is El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. Are you excited, disappointed, annoyed? What, what do you think of that final, a final that we have seen? Predictable. Predictable. Yeah, I mean, we you came on here day one and said, look, Hiromu's yeah. going to the finals, so just get used to that. And, uh, well, he is. So, I don't know. It's hard to get excited about a Hiromu Takahashi Best of the Super Junior Final in 2022, but here we are, and I guess we'll have to try to do it. I think that um, they didn't really book the final night for maximum drama, which kind of surprised me. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping, I don't know, I was kind of hoping that, because um, Teton upset Robbie Eagles on the final night, and I guess if Eagles would have won, I think he would have locked up the bid from that block because he would have had tiebreaker on the other guys. But so I guess they had to do that. But you had a long night of matches that really weren't of much consequence to, you know, who was going to move on, which was kind of a problem um, from a drama standpoint. But yeah, so we get the. We knew Hiromu would come out of the A block and cause it didn't make sense to put Ishimori through. And then, you know, they, they, I thought Phantasmo and Robbie Eagles had really good tournaments, and I thought it would have been interesting if one of them got through. But Desperado might be winning the whole thing, for yeah. all we know. So, look, to me, the most interesting thing is, no matter who wins this, they're probably going to beat Taiji Ishimori at, you know, whatever, Dominion or whatever the fuck. And then I think there's a good chance we see Kushida at that point because everyone's kind of just forgotten he existed, right? But you know he's gonna come back at some point. He posted an airport picture. I don't spot. know if you saw. Did you see this week? He posted an airport picture. He was. I didn't in an airport and said, airport. "Where can I get flights out of Florida? <laughs> like, where can I go when I leave Florida?" So, yeah. um, yeah, that now, I, him showing up at this show wouldn't make a ton of sense because the winner of this will wrestle Ishimori, right? At Dominion. So he would have to show up and challenge the winner of that match, which, you know, they might go right into a Hiromu Kushida program. 
at that point. Um, if Hiroma wins the next two matches. So um, that's just speculation. But, you know, I talked about this in a news update, but Kushida wants to do something different. He doesn't want to come back with the Marty McFly gimmick. So um, at least that's what he's been lobbying for. So he'll he'll probably be doing something different. And, he, you know, he pitched work and heel. So I don't know. We'll see ultimately. But but keep that in the back of your mind, you know. I, I suspect he'll show up at Dominion, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I, it's yeah. I hate that. Like, this has been a really fun tournament with a lot of really fun matches, and I think, you know, I I, I think a lot of people ultimately you, you did see that when when you know it was final and it was okay. It's going to be Hiromo versus Desperado. I answer, you know, those guys have had great matches in the past. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that that is they're going to have another great match here. I mean, they, the match they had in twenty twenty. Uh, one of the better matches of that entire year. I mean, those two guys just, you know, had made magic in the past when they faced each other. It's just really deflating because there was so many interesting stories and so many interesting guys in this tournament that ultimately going back to, you know, Hiromu going to, I think what it now is his fourth or fifth uh, best of the Super Junior final. I mean, he's been, that dude has been in so many finals. But going back all the way to 2018, he's been in the best of the Super Junior finals. You know, it's it's been a long time uh, that he's been there. And yeah, it just feels a little deflating in that sense, and and that, and that's kind of what Hiromu feels like in general with, with, with New Japan. I know you and I have been saying this for for a while, maybe before a lot of other people, but he just doesn't excite me in any way anymore, and that kind of sucks because this is a guy who I really did think for a while was like, holy crap, like this guy. He jumped off the screen. There was something just incredible and 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 obvious about him that you just couldn't miss, and now it's like we've seen the same old shit with Hiromu for. Four and five years now, and like I have no, I have next to no interest in seeing this guy wrestle anymore. But with that said, like he had to come out of the A block. There was no other option that was coming out of the A block. Show was not coming out of the A block. Ace Austin wasn't coming out of the A block. None of the other guys were, and that led, you know, led to Desperado having to come out of the B block. But like you said, there was a lot of really fun stories out of that B block. Like, you know, if I were booking, like I may have done an audible and said, "Fuck it, we got to go with Phantasmal. This guy's getting over like crazy. There's a lot of fun stuff coming out of here." Or Eagles, you know, that would have been a new, you know, direction or a new thing to do. But like, this is gonna, this is the, what the final was gonna be. Like, we all kind of knew that. We were all kind of maybe hoping that it would be something different. And it sucks that it's the same old thing. But you know, it, it, it's this company books that way. That that's how they book. I mean. It, Look no further than the guy you just mentioned, Kushida. I mean, how many times was he on the same hamster wheel of just, you know, lose the title, win best of the Super Juniors, win the title back? Like, it was the same thing over and over. Showing yo, you used to talk about the best of the Super Juniors turn or the Super Junior Tag League. Like, every year they lose the titles, win the Junior Tag League, win the titles at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, the same thing over and over and over again. This is kind of how this company books. But, yeah, it still is a bit deflating after such a fun and interesting tournament to just be re- the result is uh, Hiroma was back and uh, that's brought us back again, too even understand that they're going to have a good match. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be good, but it's just hard to get too excited about it. Hiromu's just missing something now. I don't know what it is. Yeah. He's he's just missing something. Um, but, eh, I don't know. We'll see. I think, um, you know, Kushida will, when he finally shows up, will breathe some new life into things. And I think a lot of the new people they had in this tournament, you know, I thought Ace Austin, obviously, made a good showing and he's someone that they should consider bringing back. Same for Alex Zane. Um, Lindemann is someone who they want to just bring in period. I mean, they're trying to pluck him from Gleet good. and please do, you know, so, so we'll, you know, we'll see how that plays out. You know, they took the, uh, 
my local ABC took the finals completely off the TV for this breaking news. There's been this uh, this inmate, this escaped inmate thing going on for like the last three weeks, this Gonzalo Lopez. Okay. And uh, he's still on the run, and he just murdered five people in Centerville, Texas. Oh, Or suspected to have murdered five people. He's, they think he's been hiding in the woods, and now they think he's responsible for these murders, and now he's on the run, and they're saying, look out for this car, and they got this description. And they, they took the NBA Finals off of this Jeez. affiliate. So this is like a – obviously, I have the sound down because I'm doing the show, but um, like not even picture in picture. They just cut into the finals, and like I guess it's on ESPN too, right? There's a simulcast. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm watching on ABC, so I can. There's a um, they're doing a simulcast with like where the people talk over it. That gimmick on ESPN um, with Tim Legler and. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, We're yeah, having yeah, fun. It's so. like a podcast, but it's a sports game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new ESPN. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of jarring. Good Lord. Um, Centerville. That ain't that far from here either. I was gonna say, Jesus. Yeah, this is some story. This guy, he's a. They think he's trying to get back to Mexico because he's part of a, of a cartel down there or something. And he escaped from prison, and and now he's just you know bouncing from town to town, killing people and trying to make his way to the border. I think is the idea, but uh, pretty fucking wild story. Um, I guess I. Kind of sap the enthusiasm out of the Super Junior Finals. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens with the final match. The rest of the card, it kind of tipped everybody off that Tanahashi was in was going to show up on Dynamite when he conspicuous by his absence on um, on this lineup tonight. But we've got Tomoaki Hama versus Juice Robinson. That is not for the U.S. title. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. and Kanemaru. Kanemaru had a great tournament. He really did. Versus Evil and Sho. Rusuke Taguchi and Wato versus TJP and Francisco Akira, which is not a title match for the junior titles. So I think the United Empire team will probably win that to set up a title match at Dominion. Doesn't that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way I would go, I think. Uh, Robbie, and then they got a eight-man tag opener with all the leftovers from the tournament. Robbie Eagles, Yo, Teton, and Clark Connors versus L. Lindemann. Ace Austin, Wheeler, Utah, and Alex Zane. Cobb, Ocon, and Hanare versus Fale, Owens, and Phantasmo. Uh, Takagi, Naito, and Bushi versus Taichi, Taka, and Duki. And then uh, Okada, Yano, Tamatanga, and Jado against Jay White, Doc Gallows, Taiji Ishimori, and Gato. Because Carl Anderson and Tangaloa are off the show for, well, Anderson has COVID. Anderson has COVID, and then they must have just kind of. Tangaloa has an injury. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that's going to – now listen, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but they were going to obviously do Bullet Club stuff on this show. So whatever – and those were two key people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's going to throw another wrench into the Bullet Club stuff, which really didn't advance at all on the Super Junior Tour because there really wasn't a place for it right, on the right, Super right. Junior Tour. So whatever they were planning, which was probably going to set up a major match at the Minion, you know, with Carl Anderson coming back and everything, that all gets thrown out the window. But and one thing we didn't talk about with Forbidden Door is, you know, Jay White could be the champion by then. He's facing Okada at Dominion, which is not true. Yeah. 
which is before Forbidden Door, right? Because Dominion is on next yes. week. Yeah, Dominion so, is, yeah, we'll get the exact date here for you in a sec. You know, so there's, you know, so Jay White could be going 6-12. into. 612. Yeah. So Jay White is going to do stuff. They already teased he's doing stuff with Adam Cole and the, and the Undisputed Elite on that show. So we'll see something like that. And that's probably another reason they haven't really announced much for Forbidden Door because the New Japan side is like, look, we can't announce anything till after Dominion because you know how New Japan is about announcing things ahead of time, particularly with title holders and title matches and things like that. So that could also explain why we haven't gotten much for Forbidden Door yet because they need things to shake out on this show and on Dominion. So that, that, that's also something to think about. But um, I presume you will be reviewing this uh, New Japan Super Junior Final. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah watch that show so. uh, and review it on next week's show uh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still interested. It, it's, <laughs> it's like a Budokan Hall show. And, again, it's like one of these things that we're going to have to in the history books when we go back to – you know, these, these shows and these giant arenas that are, I mean, it's just not a Budokan Hall show. You know what I mean? It's in Budokan Hall, but it's, oh, it's not. A Budokan, but we're still going to have people be like, no, they ran like uh, the Budokan Hall like eight times. And this is, you know, no, they, I mean, they did, but you know, it's not yeah. really. So only had to sell half the tickets and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, yeah, the, the final should still be good, even though I'm not super, super excited about it anymore. So yeah. now what I am super, super excited about is the world of all Japan Pro Wrestling, Joe. It uh, is a doozy these days in one All Japan Pro Wrestling. We had the Super Power Series 2022. Uh, I watched uh, a few matches on the show. I presu- Did you watch the entire show here? This is from the May watched... 29th. From May 29th. Okay, so I watched all of the title matches from the little Sapporo tour. Oh, okay. the 14th and the 15th. Because it was a triple crown match. Aoyagi got this title shot. On, in, they did that in Sapporo. And then in Cork and Hall on the 29th, which is the match I think was the show you watched, T-Hawk got his title shot. So I could run through the title matches in Sapporo that they did. Yeah, please so, do. Yeah. The one thing is the tag division is in shambles. It's just such a shell. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> because Twin Towers, okay, so... The first night in Sapporo, they win the tag titles from Runaway Suplex. The problem is Kohei Sato used to be just a cool-as-hell wrestler. We've talked about how he has just physically declined. So Twin Towers, who were a great tag team for a long time, and Suji Ishikawa, just, he, he is just, he's done. He's washed. Last oh, he is years. absolutely completely washed. He's washed up, and it was going to come with his size and his age. So Twin Towers, they have like this – it's almost a nostalgia run they have going, but the, the matches are, are not – they're not good. Um, and I feel bad for Ashino. He's in there with like – I guess I should – you know, I always I'm, – I'm probably unfair to Suwama a lot of times because I don't expect much out of him, and he always over-delivers. But it's hard for anyone to get anything out of Twin Towers these days. And the uh, – the all Asia match on that show was I I I, I shouldn't even have wasted my time, but you know, um Okuto Omori and Yasuke Kodama. They wrestled um Noriyuki Yoshida and Tomoya. Tomoya's a local Sapporo guy who, you know, he'll work these shows when they're up there. And Yoshida's a um one of my colleague boys. But um 
that was like that was enough to match. But listen, it wasn't the Can Am Express versus uh, uh, Kikuchi, and uh, let's put it that way. When you're talking about all Asia tag team, okay, so <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't on the on the same. Oh, Can Am no. Express is not walking through that door. No, definitely not. So that was kind of a waste of my time. But the second night in Sapporo, they did Kento Miyahara versus Yuma Aoyagi. And, um, you know, I thought it was all right, but I, I like the T-Hawk match better. And I guess this will be a good transition for you. Uh, the, the Miyahara Aoyagi match, to me, was a good match, but it was totally built on dramatic near falls in the final five minutes. And the the Miyahara T-Hawk match, I thought, was just a better pro wrestling match from start to finish. With a better story from start to finish. And better... Um, a more cohesive match than the Miyahara Aoyagi match, which was just totally just let's milk this for drama and do a million near falls is, is really all it was. Um, and I, and, and it was, and Wada was the referee and I don't, they have to know that this guy's a problem. Yeah, he this is, so it's bad. not good. It, it's It ruins he, the matches. And I know there's a legacy thing there, but it's, it's, it ruins the matches. And we, we've been saying it for years, but it's, it, I think it's gotten even the last, worse. The last year and a half, two years, it's really bad. He, these wrestlers have to adjust to to his. They have to hold these near falls for what would normally be like a five count. Yeah, it makes the guys look ridiculous. As, as, as the guy hits a move, pins the guy, and he goes, run. Dude. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's oh, just, my takes, God. Yeah. Like, it counts slow, but it also takes him forever to get in position to count. Right. That's so the guy is down for like five to eight seconds, and it makes. And they're trying to hold like these straitjacket Germans this whole time. It's just <laughs> yeah. a disaster, this guy. He's so bad. And it's such a bad look for a promotion that they're running these tiny buildings. You're having a triple crown match in front of fucking 500 people. Oh, it was. In a hotel in Sapporo. Yeah, I'm talking about the Sapporo show. There's 500 people in a hotel ballroom <laughs> oh, in Sapporo. And this is what where we're having triple. That's embarrassing enough. Then you have this referee who looks like he should have been retired five years ago. It just it drives me nuts. I mean, I, I know I rant and rave about this guy, but it drives me nuts. I, I legitimately hurts the, the matches for me. Um. You know, so it was a good match. I preferred the T-Hawk match. So I guess we'll transition to you. Later on, uh, the following week, they left Sapporo. They came back down to Tokyo. And this is where Rich jumps in. Cork and Hall, they drew about 900 people for this, which the atmosphere wasn't much better, oh, to be honest. It looked that desolate. Hotel they, in Sapporo. They, they did like and, a pan of the crowd or whatever. And it's, I mean, I know it's obviously COVID crowds or whatever, all that sort of stuff, but it still looked like. A sad amount of people in Cork. For, so for a what did you think? Crown match. Yeah, these are tri- yeah. I mean, you know, two. You know, it, so what did you think of Miyahara T Hawk? Because I I really liked it. I, I liked it a lot too. Yeah, I think it was a, 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 a Miyahara is just great. I mean, he's awesome, and we we talk about T Hawk all the time. We talk about the Strong Hearts all the time. That when they come to these shows, and like especially me, like I watch maybe half of the show. Um, and when you see some of the other guys on this All Japan roster at this time, and some of the other dudes, I mean, you got Taru and like. Suwama and these guys that are just and and yeah I'm I'm throwing Suwama in there but you know he's better than some guys but he's still Tajiri like you know what I mean like these guys are just not good at all anymore I mean Voodoo Murders is pretty terrible Ugh. at this point it's unwatchable. just gross it's unwatchable. unwatchable like just scuzzy indie sleaze garbage uh, Kohei Sato can't move anymore Suji Ishikawa can't move anymore like and then you see you know Kento Miyahara who's just like I mean, he he was better than everybody on that roster 
seven years ago. You know what I mean? And he is just so far away better than everybody now. It's it's almost sad now to watch this guy in All Japan because he's so fucking great. And it's like, dude, yeah, come on. Like this is, I, and I know it, it. It's he's it, it's it's how business is done in Japan. He's stuck there. It's all this sort of stuff. It's not you. It's not worth being like, oh, maybe he can go here or go here. He's stuck here. But it's just like, fuck. It's just depressing as hell that this guy that is so great is here. But then. Sometimes you get moments like this where, where you get someone like a T-Hawk who also on the show just popped out as like, oh, right, like, here's a professional dude. Like, here's a, a younger guy that's got a good build, a good body, comes out with presence, and then they just went out there, and for 25 minutes, they worked their asses off. And it wasn't a match that, like you said, it was necessarily predicated on big near falls. It was just two dudes that went out there, and they just worked. They just worked their asses off, had a very good professional wrestling match. When it got down to it, the final few minutes were, you know, some some quick kickouts, some quick near falls, all this sort of stuff. But, like, it wasn't a match that needed those near falls. It wasn't a match that was built on those near falls. It was a match built on just two dudes wrestling. And when it was over, Kenta Miyahara just did, like, you know, one of the classic Miyahara things where he, T-Hawk knows, I just got to not, if I just avoid the straight jacket German, I'm going to be okay. And Kento got him. And it's one of those things where T-Hawk's fighting it off going, I can't, no, 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 no. Kento hits it and it's like, fuck, it's over. And then... Thankfully, Wada was not the referee on this one, so we got a quick little uh, three uh, count here. And uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous main event. Yeah, <laughs> again, uh, you know, I think both Triple Crown matches are worth people's time. I, I preferred the T-Hawk match. Now, um, I am told that the best match in Sapporo was actually on the first night where they did the Aoyagis versus Kento Miyahara and Rising Hayato. You know, kind of a prelude to the Miyahara Aoyagis title match next night and they went to a time limit draw which i never would have figured i would have figured you know either atsuki aoyagi or, or hayato would be there to eat a fall so i'm kind of upset that i that i blew the match off not knowing how good it was and then people told me that i should have watched it but now i know it's a draw and now i have that thing where it's like oh do i want to sit down and watch this 30 minute match where i know the finish like and, and, and watching a draw when you know the finish is, is one of the worst experiences it <laughs> is go to. it's it's in front in, in in a hotel fucking <laughs> yeah, hotel conference room with 500 people <laughs> you know do i really want to do that but I, I i need a break first i'll watch it like in two months or something but um but allegedly that was the best match um in Sapporo, but uh, but yeah, I, I preferred the T Hog match to the Aoyagi match. But this is and and Jake Lee is the next challenger. I guess we should note that. Um, and the Twin Towers match in Corrigan versus Koji Doi and Kuma Arashi. I mean, that was no better than the match that that they had against Runaway Suplex in Sapporo. I mean, they are just done. That tag team is just done. Twin Towers. They just they're done. You just know when someone's done, and those two guys are done. So, um, all Japan is just not an easy watch right now. It is a rough watch. You, I kind of had to, man, I had to force myself to, I mean, it's just not, this is not good. The tag division is in shambles. You're going to get Jason Lee, Miyahara. Hopefully there'll be some juice there, but then where do they go from there? There's nothing yeah, left. Dude, it's, it's, it's dire. It's dire. It's a big indie. That's what it is. It's a big indie. It's with a big the indie that just made. happens to have like a absolute mega dynamo dude in, in kento and it's it's yeah and you know what i don't even think he's having the greatest year i mean oh well, could, but, but how could you <laughs> jesus christ i get it yeah i get it yeah because i mean i th- there's been years that he's obviously had um 
you know, some, some uh, tremendous, tremendous years. But yeah, he's wrestled the same guys. Wrestler of the year contender. Yeah, yeah, but he's wrestling the same dudes, and he's yeah, it, the business is. I, I get it. I absolutely get where he could, where he would be. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It, it, All Japan is a tough watch, and and there was a while there where where they were a pretty good COVID watch, but they are not anymore. They are a a, a dreadful COVID watch at this. Point. Uh, cheering fans will help a bit, but uh, they're not gonna. We're not gonna get to Jiri and Kono and Taru off this roster. So there's just too many scuzzbags on this roster now, you know. And but you're right, it's a it's a big indie, and that's when you got a big indie, you get scuzzbags, you get Taru. You know what I mean? Like that's just what's gonna happen. So yeah, it's a borderline major league roster. There's not a lot there. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know if I call it borderline anymore. I mean, I guess because you got Suji and Suwama and Kento, so. They're a lot like where zero one was like five, six years ago, where it's like, right. You're know. watching this promotion because it has not a legacy, no but like, it's not no depth. Yeah. There's just nothing left. No depth. Anyway, go enjoy some all Japan. everybody. <laughs> yeah, all Japan TV. If you want to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Use our voice of wrestling link to, we don't have a link. So yeah. just go to all Japan. <laughs> a, jpw.tv to watch all that great action we just told you about. So, all right. So Rich is Rich is going to be in the All-State Arena on uh Sunday. Oh, you can't miss this for the world. Are you kidding? There's a How are tickets? Did they eventually uh, I think they eventually there? did sell them out. Let me make sure I can't go to Ticketmaster cuz I've been calling all these morning zoo shows to try to get these uh free tickets that they're uh, they're trying to give away to well, this, this hot sh- event, but uh, let me well, see. Well, this show is dire. This show is dire. <laughs> this is awful. Uh, it's so bad. Uh, okay, some tickets are... Oh, these are verified resale tickets. So I could be... Uh, where do I want to be? Um, I like the corners at the All-State Arena, section 216. $197 each. Row N. No, thank you. No, I will not be at the All-State Arena for Sunday's uh, WWE Premium Live event, Hell in a Cell 2022. I'm not sure if I would accept a free ticket to WWE Hell in a Cell 2022 Premium Live event because this is an absolute... Dire as fuck show. I cannot believe they they are <laughs> offering this up as a premium live event. They better have some real good matches in store for Friday Night SmackDown, Joe, because I will tell you, uh, this card, not great. We start out with Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan. And it's got stands going wild because they're doing the Bullet Club thing sometimes versus the Judgment Day of Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley, who have all turned bad because of you people. So, Yes exciting stuff get into it all right uh WWE united states championship theory defending the title against mustafa ali i mean it could be good that could be good yeah sure that uh, could be a good match. yeah yeah free <laughs> ali is ali winning match. the title is he gonna finally get what he's been uh, asking for well nobody cares who wins the match <laughs> yeah. but it could be a good match did you see our, our did you see poor ricochet yeah. Have to do the, I just want a chance. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God, Ricochet. And he's a title holder. The IC championship. But he's still begging for a chance. He's had one match this month. He's not wrong. Oh, God. All right. Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Can we finally get to the bottom of the Ezekiel controversy? I know you're ready for it. No interest. Is How- Ezekiel also So Elias? is this what? Is this what the, the 
the WWE mutant fans talk about when they talk about storytelling. Yeah, this is storytelling. Where Ezekiel says, I'm not Elias. And they go, yeah, you are. And then Kevin Owens goes, this is ridiculous. You're clearly Elias. And Ezekiel goes, no, I'm not. And then Kevin Owens wears a wig and says, no, I'm not Kevin Owens. So bad. Stories. Ellen. Stories. It's just, uh, you know, it's whatever. Fucking whatever. I, was, I like we're being robbed of we could have gotten like three good years out of Kevin Owens in the other company and now it's like to me he doesn't even exist. No. I mean yeah, who can who can be into this? It's junk. Like I don't I don't I don't care how good he is in these segments. When the segments are trash, I'm not interested. You know, I'm glad he's making a lot of money and and I'm sure he's putting his fullest effort into all of this. And I'm sure some people are enjoying it. I cannot enjoy this. It's terrible. What's next? Uh, well, speaking of terrible, two-on-one handicap match, Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP. I want, Joe, I wonder. Uh, this is, is going to be it, it, curious. Um, will Bobby Lashley be able to overcome these odds uh, that Omos and MVP or... Is it possible that almost realized that MVP maybe doesn't have his best interest? Mm. Oh, there's a lot of ways they could go. That's 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 storytelling again. Doing it again. So compelling. Um, MVP picked the stiff, right? And he put himself in the match. That that story. Yeah. What's your prediction, Joe? (laughs) Oh, I'm supposed to give a prediction. Uh, No, I didn't really. I didn't. I guess I didn't really start you on a prediction. You don't have to give a prediction. I'm going to sit in the beach house and watch this on Sunday. Oh God, no, please tell me you do not do not do that. Do not do that. I will, um, I'll figure out something, but no, you can't do that. Uh, No, please. What's next? WWE raw women's championship, triple threat match, Bianca Belair, Asuka and Becky Lynch. So (laughs) more storytelling. I watched raw today and it opened up with, uh, Becky Lynch, big time Bex. Yeah, the man, right? Big time Bex, the man, yeah. Um, So she recapped. What was she wearing? Because people on Twitter went, oh, my God. (laughs) And then a a laugh cry emojis. So I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like it was an awesome attire for her on Monday. So Really stupid looking, outrageous outfit. It was just dumb. Um, So anyway, she gets in the ring. And they opened up Raw. Again, the storytelling, Rich. Um, it's amazing. These stories are just so captivating. So she gets in the ring and she talks us through her entire history with Asuka while they're playing it on the big, like they, and then she stops they, and they play it on the big screen. Then she talks us through the next step and they play it on the big screen. And then wouldn't you know it, Asuka comes out and she starts doing her awful off-putting character that I can't stand. Where she's like a ghoul or something. Yeah, she's yeah. Supposed to be. She yeah. just screams and yells and yeah it's, yeah, it's great. It's it's awesome storytelling. Nobody's ready for Oscar. Blah, 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 blah. Like what is that? <laughs> storytelling. It's great. Um. So then, of course, Bianca Belair's. You would never yeah. believe. <laughs> you would never believe that, that the other participant. <laughs> their music hits, and now they come out. <laughs> so then she comes out, <laughs> spinning her hair. You know, uh, doing her little choreographed entrance. Uh, dun, 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 dun. So she comes in, and then the three it's of them the are the EST of the WWE. 
and the, and the announcers are are behaving as if this is completely outrageous. <laughs> what? The other participant is now coming out too? What? They're, they're all in the ring. <laughs> Graves can't contain himself. <laughs> I can't believe it. We're seeing a preview of Sunday right now on Raw. <laughs> yes. Anything can happen on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, anything can, and we always know what right. it's going to be. The same thing every time. So then the three of them are in there, you know. So it's the same segment you've seen. <laughs> how many fucking times in your life? What's so, next? and? <laughs> so what what do you want from me? I don't know what you're <laughs> what, asking well, what, what, What's the story going into this match, Joe? This company tells good stories. What is the story? They don't like each other. Okay. You want more than that? I don't know. They, uh, Becky Lynch went to have a baby, and she gave her title to Asuka, remember? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So they actually used something from the past. Wow, and they, th- they actually thought that their audience would be smart enough to not turn into corn cob? I mean, they no, probably had to explain no. it in excruciating detail, though, yeah. That's where you're wrong. They don't expect you to remember because they had to play it on the screen. Oh, perfect. Have, <laughs> have Becky recount the tale and explain to you that all of this happens. Uh, well, what's next is what's also last. Uh, in, I hate it so much. In the hell All in a it. cell, Cody the American Nightmare Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. So, Cody's in there with his suit. And, of course, he shoehorns a Dusty reference into his promo because he does that every t- Is it in his contract, like, that he has to It might actually Dusty? be. It might be. He goes, you know... I've always been a big fan of Seth Rollins. And he was trained by someone who I don't even have to mention because he raised me. You know, and then everybody chants Dusty, Dusty. (laughs) He mentions Dusty in every promo. So then Seth freaking Rollins... He's coming in through oh, the crowd. I, what, what was he wearing? Because I also saw a bunch of people with laugh cry emojis on, on, on Monday. So it must have been quite the garish outfit that one uh, freaking was wearing on Monday. So. Craziness. Uh, insanity. It oh, it's wild. He's wearing wild sequins. Oh, it's I can't even handle it. Yeah. So when he comes out now, when his music hits, he does a new thing, Rich, where he just laughs maniacally for like 90 <laughs> seconds with his Muppet voice. Ah! Ah! He just does that for like 90 seconds. And these mutants in the crowd pop for it. Some Somehow they enjoy this. This is what we talked about last week. The people that do go to these shows, oh, they're, they they're like the last this ones shit. left. Yeah, this is the last one left, and they love this. They love this shit. And don't get me wrong, they're still piping in cheers every 30 seconds because they don't, you know, they're so insecure about it. But these people are into this crap. And then, uh, you know, he's up there doing his Muppet routine, and, and Cody takes off the jacket and says, we can do this right now. I'll hop that rail. And then they, uh, you know, they brawled around the building to set up Hell in a Cell. Or is it Hell in the Cell? Uh, hell, hell in, in a, a cell. cell. Hell in a Cell. Oh. I, I, I want to know, did they address why? So Cody Rhodes uh, returned at WrestleMania, WrestleMania Saturday, uh, yes, against Seth freaking Rollins, and right. defeated him in a professional yeah. wrestling match. Okay. Yeah. Then at the uh, very famous WrestleMania Backlash 2022 premium live event, uh, Cody the American Nightmare Rhodes defeated Seth freaking Rollins again 
yes, in did. a singles wrestling match, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, what? Why? Why is why is this match happening again? And why does Seth feel that he has any opportunity to uh to win this match if he hasn't been? Cody has had twenty four matches in World Wrestling Entertainment. Nineteen have been against Seth Rollins. Yes, he seems to be successful in most of those matches. He's never lost to him. Yet. Okay. So, so what's why? How why is Seth confident about Hell in a Cell this this Sunday? Cody Rhodes is nineteen and zero against Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, you know, his father trained him, and he's a big fan of him, and he has to. <laughs> but why do we want to see these men fighting in Hell in a Cell? Rich, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> okay, trying. they're having another match. They're having a match. It's at right. a garish red cell. cell. It's freaking yes. versus Cody, the match we've all been waiting for. And Cody has to win again. Yeah, oh, of but course he... he is. Yeah, he's going to win again. I mean, it would be unless monumental. he doesn't, and then that's the dumbest. And then this company is just, you know, this company. So, so they might add something on SmackDown, right? Because these are all Raw matches. These are all Raw matches at this time. Yeah, SmackDown completely yeah. unrepresented. Um. SmackDown's having a rough go of it, Joe. These last few days, they had a uh, the the second worst rating of their in their history. Yep. Is on the heels great. of Raw. On the heels of Raw doing a point four two this week. Yeah. There's, not there's good, sports but... on television, so you know. One point four million viewers and a point four two or something like that. Yep. We got Raw out here doing like Rampage debut numbers. Ah. <laughs> uh... Not great. Uh, not great. What is great, though, is this Saturday, Joe, a special NXT 2.0 show, June 4th at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. You ready for this? The losing team joins the winning team's stable. Tony D'Angelo, Channing, Stax Lorenzo, and Troy Two Dimes Donovan versus Legato Del Fantasma. (laughs) Did you see the promo with these guys on the yacht? Yeah. Oh, the segment? Yeah, the yeah, segment. Yeah, oh, my God. Sub-porn level acting. <laughs> so Just... bad, yeah. Legato's like, so yeah. why do you want to talk? <laughs> Tony's like, you know yeah. I want to talk with you. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm I'm trying to do yeah. the worst Italian. I can't. I don't even know if I'm capable do Tony of doing do the it. worst yeah. possible Italian accent you could ever think. It's like... Think of a guy trying to do a bad Italian accent, but then do it worse than that. Yeah. Like, think no, of a guy trying like to sound like Robert De Niro, but sounding horrible at doing it. You know, like. It's a, it's a comedian doing a bad Italian accent on purpose, is yes. what it sounds like. Yeah, he's like, All right, like I think it's, you it's and just... my guys, and you and. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> They're, they're they're fighting over territory. Like I don't understand what territory we're fighting yeah, over. I like, like what? Like are you are, are they implying that they're like both trying to to, to sling H in the NXT 2.0 locker room, and there's only room for one cartel to sell drugs? Like I what? mean, that's not impossible. I don't it's not impossible that that would be the case. So um. I don't understand the territory that they're fighting over. It's all goofy bullshit. Um, what? Whose Twitter account a couple weeks ago was like, this is Shades of the Godfather and the Sopranos. What a, was oh, that Fightful that tweeted that out? Oh, my God, like, really? Uh, Holy shit. It, it was either Fightful or Cage Side or one of them was oh. like, these segments are so good. It's like watching the Sopranos and Goodfellas. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Is that why Pesci died? Because <laughs> that tweet? 
Pesci didn't. Pesci didn't die. Oh, not Pesci didn't die. Who died? Uh, Ray Liotta. Why did I kill Joe Pesci? I'm Ray sorry Liotta for killing died. Joe Pesci. Yeah. Yeah. No, you killed the wrong guy. <laughs> I'm sorry Ray for killing Liotta's Joe dead. Pesci. I love Joe Pesci. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. It's so awful. Um. Well, don't worry. It gets better. Uh, we have for the NXT yeah. Women's Championship, Mandy Rose of Toxic Attraction versus Wendy Chu, the woman who sleeps and wears cow pajamas. I have a question for you. Do you think Toxic Attraction number three, she has to know her career is going nowhere, right? Like she knows this. Lacey that- Lane? Are you, t- are, are, you, are you referring to Lacey Lane here? Yeah, Toxic Attraction number three, whatever <laughs> okay. her name is. So uh, number one is Mandy. She- number two is definitely Gigi, right? Yeah, I know them. Okay. Then, then there's then there's number three. <laughs> yeah, Lacey Lane, I, mean, I believe is her name. I'm yeah. not putting any effort into understanding because she no, has she'll be to gone know- in no time, and and yeah, nobody will ever know who she. She is. has to know the clock is ticking, right? Like if she's being real with herself, she has to know that. Um, I don't know the whole Wendy Chu thing. Like, Actually, is her are- name Lacey Lane? Wasn't that uh, that was Caden Carter's Which- name at one point? How many times I got to tell you? It's toxic <laughs> attraction number toxic three. Attraction number three. Um, JC Jane, I apologize to uh, oh, well, JC okay. Jane. I mixed up my horrific NXT uh, read package names. Yes. Now JC that we have that Jane. straight, yeah. I'll forget in 10 minutes again and call her <laughs> Toxic Attraction number three. Um, people are really working themselves into a shoot with this Wendy Chu. Uh, very talented, doing a great job. You cannot go anywhere with this gimmick. I don't give a shit how good she is in the gimmick. You cannot go anywhere wearing booty pajamas. <laughs> wearing udders. Yeah, wearing udders. And your gimmick is you sleep a lot and have a sippy cup. You can't go anywhere. It is a preliminary fucking gimmick. I don't care how good she is in it. There's people tweeting like, oh, she's going to be a main roster star. Not in this gimmick. She won't. Do not work yourself into a shoot. The best case scenario for Wendy Chu is this gets people's attention on the main roster and they give her something else to do. Yes. I, I can't believe the things yeah, her, people her, say about her this. Her carrying around a giant pillow and a sippy cup. I do not think Vince Vince McMahon is going to really love that on his main roster. There's a ceiling there. It's obvious. And it's called chasing around the 24-7 title. Yes. It's junk. She's doing great with it. But it's junk. My God. What's next? <laughs> NXT Women's Tag Team Titles, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and Toxic Attraction number three versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Did we ever did, did we, did we ever talk about the Katana Chance promo? No, no. We, <laughs> it we, was we, awesome. We Oh, where the, the name changed. The one yeah. where they're like, why did why'd you change your name to Katana Chance? And she's like, well, um, you know, Caden sees me have fun. And then she, like, winked at him. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, implied. What was, there was something HLA. being implied there, right? HLA. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was being But implied. then she said, I want to take shots of, like, whiskey and something. <laughs> I forget what it was. So then she's just Katana Chance. But she, had to, she gave the worst. Uh, why are you now Katana Chance? Uh, I want to be fun. I like whiskey. I'm now Katana Chance. So now you have Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, and Toxic Attraction number three. NXT tag team titles here. <laughs> if Julius and Brutus lose, they must leave Diamond Mine 
All right. This could yeah. be the end of Diamond Mine. It's on. It could. It's on pretty thin ice at this point. I gotta say, Diamond Mine not at its at its peak right now. It's uh, it, it's struggling as a unit. It's um, it's not going great. Hachiman is no more. Bivens is no more. Rust is no more. No, I I think Roddy should hop in the ring with the mic and uh, and call Vince McMahon a fucking Mark and the man <laughs> see to be what fired. Happens. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. The What's the worst fired. thing that happened at this point? I mean, honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he wants out. Uh, pretty deadly coming into this. Yeah. Look, I, I could see them on the main roster. I mean, I they kind of rock. I, I can't lie. They're, they're I think pretty deadly rules. I think pretty deadly is awesome. Uh, you know, and the creeds. I don't know. Good luck to you, fellas. I don't know. It's not Vince's thing. No. Um, and the you one don't... guy's really ugly, so it's like. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest here. It's a television show, and they look for attractive people. It's yeah. like it's not a wrestling company. Um, the one guy's kind of, you know, I guess it's kind of mean calling him ugly, but not Vince McMahon's the... type of professional wrestler. He don't have them matinee idol good looks. I could no. let's just leave it at that. The he other one, not. you know, but uh, I don't know. I just hate. I watched all this today. I just why don't do that. I... I've been watching Level Up. I just, I, no, you know, I, just, you I don't, don't have to watch Level Up. Who no, told you I to did do because that? I, I, no, because I wanted to watch. Um, I wanted to watch Trick Williams, and he only okay, wrestles on okay. Level Up, but he needs a lot of work. There's a reason he's on. He needs to level up. <laughs> okay, it turns out he needs to level um, up. Much, yeah. He needs to level up, but I mean, he, come on, he's had like ten matches, but um, he wrestled. Uh, it wasn't Dante Chen. Dante Chen wrestled the Indian guy that used to be an Indushir who has a new name on Level Up. Anyway, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're just saying I things. watch Level Up. <laughs> you're just saying things. I don't know what anything that you just said I could be making all this up. <laughs> yeah. But I just hate everything about WD. I hate Be- the Becky fucking Lynch 20-minute promo where they recap the whole fucking feud and you have to watch the video board. I hate the way they all cut promos the same way where they're just talking in their newscaster voice in short little fucking bits so they could be chopped up later. Nobody talks in real life how these people talk. I just hate all of this shit. I hate how everybody – everything's bothering me. They all wear WWE gear. I know you don't even know what I'm talking – pay attention to the gear in this company. You can tell okay. it's all made by – you can – you'll never unsee this now. Watch NXT level up. You're not going to do that. But watch it. Watch the gear that these people wear. You can tell it's all made by the same person using the same material. Like, I, I know I sound like a mental crazy person right now, but even right down to the gear these people wear, it's all just, it, it, it's all off of the set. They're all off assembly lines. Right. It all kind of looks the same. It all has right. like, yeah, the same. There, there's a few minor differences here and there, but for the most part, it all kind of looks exactly the makeup, the women's makeup all looks the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all very Here's similar. Here's your company-issued uniform. Here's your company-directed entrance, performed entrance. Here's how you cut promos, little short bits. You don't talk in real sentences. Three words at a time with the same cadence all the way through. Uh, the fucking girl that just graduated high school. What's her name? The one that they've been shoving down everybody's oh, throat. fuck out of here. Um, you think I know her name? I have no fuck clue. fuck is this girl's name? No Hold idea. on a second. I got to find this. We heard you. She graduated high school. <laughs> They've told us that this girl has graduated high school 175 times 
over the last two weeks, let me let me find this girl's name. Someone in the chat room has to. No one's even in the chat anymore. We're talking, <laughs> We're talking NXT. Everybody, everybody has left. Um, <laughs> They're going on with their nights as they should. Where where is this? Uh, where's the girl who graduated high school? Eden. Uh, I can make up anything sure, yeah. right Eden, now. Eden, say yeah, Eden. Eden Faith. Eden Faith, sure. Is that really her name? Or I don't I know. That up? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you think that's her? Eden Faith. Do you think that's not her? Eden Faith. Um, yeah, that sounds like it could be right. Is that right? That's not right. Where the fuck is the girl that graduated high school? Um, this is awful, Randy. <laughs> anyway, she's cutting this promo on Level Up. Hale, I call writes, it a promo. Uh, 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 Thea Hale. Hale. Thea Hale. Thea Hale, who, by the way, Rich, just graduated high school. Did she? Wow. Didn't know that. Uh, they, they, yeah, yeah. We fucking heard you. Okay. Thea Hale. All I ever wanted to be was a WWE superstar. Even when friends were having parties and going out, I just wanted to be a WWE superstar. Cora Jade is the only WWE superstar that I can relate to because all she ever wanted to be was a WWE superstar. Same cadence, same rhythm. <laughs> yeah. These choppy little sentences. I fucking hate it all. And I watched Raw today. Ugh. I watched a month's worth of Level Up. Ugh. I watched NXT 2.0. Oh. And I hate it all. <laughs> it's so bad. Their gear, the way they talk, the way it's presented, the commentary, all of it. It fucking stinks. And that's why year over year, NXT 2.0, the show meant for the youths. Is down 60% with teens. Nobody likes this. Except for horny 63-year-old men. Who like the tits. That's the only people still watching this. It's irredeemably awful. The well, girl in the it's pajamas a bu- It's a butt show. Nowhere. It's a butt show. So hopefully they hit the butts. I will say that. It is a butt show. She wears pajamas, Rich. She's not going anywhere in that gimmick. What is this Pretty deadly made up of Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, by the way. <laughs> NXT North American Championship, Cameron Grimes, who I cannot believe is still there, versus Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, whatever. What's next? Uh, NXT Championship, if Braun Breaker is DQ'd, he will lose the championship. It is Braun Breaker defending the title against Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy. Have you, have you figured out what his character is yet? No. Oh. I, yo, I do. Actually, I have. Oh. He's the eater of worlds, Joe Gacy. This man is destroying Braun Breakar the same way that The Fiend destroyed Seth Rollins. No one cares about Braun Breakar anymore in that little building where you would think that all these people would be over with the creatures that go to these NXT shows. Yeah, the 50 creatures that go to the performance center to watch these they, shows. Rob Breakar isn't over anymore. Oh no! Because he's because Joe Gacy is doing all this Bray Wyatt shit, flickering the lights on and off, and like the psychological warfare, trying to get in Braun Breakar's head, you know. And it, it just totally sucked all the life out of Breakar. It, it's just, they saw this happen on the main roster with Rollins, and they're repeating the same mistake. But here's the I'm thing. amazed because this company usually is one that learns from their mistakes and <laughs> makes sure to tell. Uh, here's not. the bright side, though. Oh, there's a bright side. Okay, yeah, what do you got? Nobody watches this fucking show. <laughs> so, so nobody, nobody knows. Yeah. yeah, that's good. 
So one day they could just bring him up and like maybe if they do a good job, he he's still Braun Breaker. He still looks like that. So that's like no one watches this. If you look at those demo breakdowns, Meltzer did any demo that they're chasing, they're losing faster than the others with this show. How can they still be on USA? Women, teens, young men, all the people they're trying to attract with this show are leaving at a faster pace than the than the than the people they're not trying to attract. It's so bad. And that's not good, it, is what you're saying. That's not good. And, and it's not going to turn around. And I've been watching Level Up, and there ain't much there. When they call in the reserves. Well, that's Saturday on uh, Peacock. If you want to watch NXT in your house, doing a disservice to the in your house name. I'm Fucking very upset. Fucking Thea Hale, graduating high school. Thea Hale, yeah. Great. I'm telling you, the next you WWE superstar. Yeah, I don't. I, you're right. I don't. They have told us countless times that this person has graduated. I. They had footage from her graduation. She's got the cap gimmick. Well, I will say this is a company that has uh, appeared to want to let you know many times um, how young uh, the women in the roster are. So that's all I'll say about. It. Yeah, show. Hey, they told you a lot about how, how young Cora Jade was. I will tell you that became a central part of her characters. How young Cora Jade was. Hey, look how now young she's she attached was. to. She, well, Thea Hale says Cora Jade. Cora Jade, her dream was to be a WWE superstar, <laughs> and she is like my big sister. So they're they've linked them oh. in the storyline. She also rides skateboards, or no? Uh, Thea Hale looks a like a popular kid, and uh, I don't no, know Thea Hale. Is. I don't think she. I don't think she carries around a skateboard like Corey. Neither one of them ride a skateboard. Right. Okay. But she doesn't. No, she's more of a. Uh, she's like a bubbly. That's teen. what I said. I don't think she'd be yeah, friends with like the, a, uh, the 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 emo Cora Jade. You know. They're doing a deal where she's picking her college, so oh. um, probably gonna be Chase U, right? I think oh, that okay. I think she already said it was Chase U. Oh, she picked Chase U. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Right, they cool. tell great stories in this company. They, <laughs> they do. That's I will say one did. one thing about Dragon Gate that I, I, I did not mention uh, is Don Fuji stole uh, Dragon Daya's uh, skateboard. Yes. Don Fuji, better at skateboarding than Cora Jade. Fuji rode the skateboard. Yep. Huh? yep. All right. Not bad. Not it doesn't great. seem like a skateboard. It wasn't not. good. It wasn't good. Let me, let me, let me, let me temper expectations. It was not good. Was it better than Cora Jade? It was. Well, we don't know. Cora Jade has never ridden that. No, skateboard. she did that she one did. time. No, no, okay. no. She All put right. it on the ground that one time, remember? And then went like twice and then picked it up. Cause How about she realized Johnny Ace she was and... not good at it. So said, okay. How about Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas? So you better than Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Oh, no. Those guys were, were shredding uh, back in the dynamic dudes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like, yes. Yeah. While, while throwing out Frisbees to the crowd, you know, all the cool stuff that people did in the 90s. Oh, God. We're 12 minutes over time. All right. To talk about Level Up and, and Thea Hale. Who graduated I got a couple college. more episodes to watch yeah. Level Up, and I'll be all caught up. I got a couple more. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to do that before Saturday so I can be ready to go for in your Did house. you know Nigel McGinnis is the one of the commentators on oh, Level Up? Oh, God. I, you know he, that? I didn't know he was still there, to be honest. Yeah. Poor Nigel. Do they, does he have any other duties, or is that it? I think that's all he does. Is he doing? He's not doing NXT UK anymore, right? Well, well he, he might do he's... NXT UK. He might do that. I don't. I I I'm way behind. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know who does NXT UK. I'm way behind on it. I mean, I I do watch it, but I'm I'm 
way like hope hopelessly behind behind to the point where i might just have to just let it go you know yeah you're, you're like september right that you fell off of nxt uk like this might be bad something like maybe i don't know but i i usually like will binge them but there's got to be something better to do right I mean, <laughs> yes <there's gotta> be <laughs> yes i could give you a long list of things I can corner off another day on vacation to just watch I, NXT UK. No, and no. You don't, don't think I should do that? Don't do that. Go watch Random Territory tapes instead that day. Pick yeah. a year, pick a region, and, and just go with that instead. That sounds like a much better use of your time. Yeah. So, all right, that is it for us. That is it for the flagship. Joe will be out next week, back on another one of his. That's a lot of vacations for Joe this year. Uh, I'll give know. you a break pointing this out i mean geez i i go on a few and it's oh i think it's another vacation here you go a few? yeah <laughs> i guess i shouldn't talk all right anyway <laughs> stones glass houses any of that stuff anyway that is it for us so that is joe he will not be here next week of course because he's on yet another vacation i am rich that is it for the flagship podcast follow us over at voices of wrestling you can also subscribe to us at flagshippatreon.com Discord, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join that as well. Uh, But uh, that is it. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.